Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast again. We're on episode four. Hello. We have we have Alex and Travis joining me. Hello, what up? So, um, before we get started, we have some news we need to talk about. I'm sure both of you have heard, but uh, uh-huh. a little certain someone and a buddy of his got a Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're talking about Ryan Johnson getting that trilogy, eh? Yes, I am. Ryan Johnson. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it very, I think it for sure means that they dig the new movie. They probably mm-hmm. like it a lot. Uh, I've been a fan of his since uh, I found Brick, and I and I love his movies. I love his episodes on Breaking Bad. I think he's a great filmmaker, and I'm. Mm-hmm. Not surprised they gave it to him. If when people talk about like J.J. Abrams and how he's a Spielberg up and comer, to me that's Ryan Johnson. Like J.J. Abrams wants to be Spielberg. Ryan Johnson just understands the kind of storytelling that Spielberg can do, and does it. He is. Yeah, I agree. He's absolutely fantastic. Possibly my up there with Nolan for my favorite directors of all time. And like you said, Brick's phenomenal movie. Looper is great. Brothers Bloom. He can't. He can't do wrong. So I'm excited for his new trilogy. So before it was announced that he would do episode eight, I'd never even heard of Ryan Johnson. And then I heard he did Looper. And I'm like, what the heck is Looper? Oh, it's that movie. It's that movie I'm, I'm I saw. I'm shocked you had not heard of Looper. I'm very yeah, shocked Looper you was pretty Yeah, before, before he was announced for episode eight, I'd never heard of even – I don't even remember hearing of Looper. And then I – and then to – and then – because I was like, I'm so intrigued. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'll, I sat down. I uh, bought it at Target for five bucks. And that's criminal. Like low. That's too low. <laughs> that makes me want to go to Target right now and get it. <laughs> they do have. <laughs> they have cheap movies there. Um. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched it. Utterly amazed. And you guys tell me I need to see Brick. I will probably see Brick sometime. I don't know when. Oh, it's phenomenal. I'll see. I will. I, I will see it. I will see it. I I want you to see it so that we can talk about it on here. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. But um, so I guess this is why he doesn't do episode nine. This is why he didn't mm-hmm. want to do episode nine. Well, I, I mean, mean it, makes, it, it makes more it sense. It would make sense. Yeah. So uh. Like, it, it, He's got. He needs the time to actually prep the movies because my guess is they want them out after this trilogy is done. I think they're going to do a movie a year and like movies outside of whatever trilogy they're doing in between them. But from what I understand, they only really have Han Solo set next. So I'm assuming they've they've got some plans to do because Han Solo is kind of a mess and they want to figure that out. Yeah, how's that going to work though? I mean, because if you're looking at it the way they're doing it currently, we know of Episode Nine. We don't know about mm-hmm. the next standalone film. It's, o- it's Obi Wan. More after that before we do JJ like Abrams trilogy or what? Well, JJ Abrams is going to do the next movie. Ron Howard will do Han Solo, and we don't know what the next standalone movie is. And we just found out Ryan Johnson's going to make his own trilogy where he's going to direct everyone, and that's going to help Disney a lot because now they don't have to worry about who's going to direct the next three movies of their next trilogy they've got the person they don't have to worry about that they have to worry about other creative people on their other projects well now hold on wasn't it announced like in august that they were going to do or september that they were going to do obi-wan well they announced that they're going to do it but they didn't announce who's going to be the 
the director, what kind of script they got. You McGregor. Yeah, they just announced that they wanted to do it. They never announced it with any headway on who was making it. Okay. I must have misinterpreted that. Um, So even then, my guess is they want to announce that stuff when it's like locked in stone so that it's not something that could change over time, which is sort of what DC has done mistakenly is they've put out the word really quickly about who might take their movies so that it could get people excited about their movies only to find out when that person decides to change because of scheduling or creative differences that they now have a person jumping off ship and that looks even worse. I'm sure Disney just wants to have the person have it down and be able to make their movie and tell people they're going to make their movie when they're ready. Well, it doesn't help that Han Solo has been such a mess too with the directors leaving and then hiring Ron Howard and now you're talking about like we just said before, Ryan Johnson's getting a boatload of buzz for his new movie now they got jj they're worrying about this as much as i like to have a star wars movie every year i'm getting kind of worried that the way they're they're uh dealing with it it's not ideal i'm not so much as worried i'm not so much as worried about that what what the question that when i first heard this news i'm like how good is episode eight then i'm like they gave this guy a whole trilogy now i'm really curious (laughs) How well, I mean, now that's my biggest thing going into episode eight. How po- how well, good could this movie possibly you, that's be? That's why I think you should watch Brick. That's why I think you should at least look at uh, maybe YouTube essays or maybe the actual episodes of Breaking Bad in general. Like, I could tell you why Ryan Johnson got the Star Wars job in the first place, and that's because he's mm-hmm. really, really good. He's really good at taking human stories and putting them in whatever genre. Like, Brick is film noir, but it's a human story on a low budget. Brothers Bloom is a con man story through and through, but it's about two brothers and family and romance. And Looper takes his entire second act and puts it on a farm and makes it existential as hell. And it, it, it's a really meaningful sci-fi story. All three of those movies are different. And Breaking Bad alone is one of the best crime stories ever told, period. And he did the best episodes of that show. It, you just have to look at what he can do. I'm not surprised... That he made a good Star Wars movie, I'm not surprised that they're looking at it going, oh, well, here you go. Like, in my opinion, they should have given Ryan Johnson all three of those movies in the first place. They just went to J.J. Abrams because they thought, oh, Star Trek is great, and he can make fun movies. But if you look at Force Awakens, it, 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 it has a distance to it. It's fun and interesting. If you look at all of his movies, they have a distance to them, but they're not very memorable because I don't think he gets at the heart of what Spielberg or maybe somebody else can do in a more fun way. Like, I like Speed and I like Twister. I think Jan Debon is a good action, fun filmmaker. I don't think he's a great humanist, but if you can have someone who can take humanity and fun action and put them together, like, hold on to that person. And that's what Ryan Johnson does. Period. I, I'm, I'm wondering what that would be like if we would have Force Awakens with Ryan Johnson directing it. That's that. <sighs> Would have blown our socks off. Like, like you said, he can go the distance. He's a phenomenal writer, phenomenal director. He, I feel, is more character driven though compared to what JJ is. And that yeah. that alone is going to make Last Jedi, I think, my personal favorite. I'm hoping that it's going to be fantastic. I got my fingers crossed. But. I, I I I love Brick the most. That's what made me fall in love with what he could do. But and, and his other movies, I don't love as passionately as Brick because I love film noir passionately. 
but I it, it's super obvious when you watch his other movies just how good he is. He's he's really good. He's he can make imagery that sticks with you. He can make that imagery connect to moments within the story that are effective and suspenseful and make you think. And also he can connect all of that to the character. To do all three of those things is very important. To do it with the most important series of films in cinematic history, yeah, probably, is a good choice. So yeah, Ryan Johnson, he's going to do a Star Wars trilogy. What he does, I, I, I we don't do, know. I love the guy, and, and that's just why I'm really excited about him getting it. But it, the, it makes me wonder, yeah, who would have been interesting choices? I liked Colin Trevorrow as an idea, and I bad that he lost the third movie, but uh, it, it would be super interesting to see who else they might have thought would be good in that position. Like, Del Toro would probably make a very good one. Peter Jackson would probably make a very good one. These are people with clout that are interesting, that could make fun movies. Sam Raimi would make a very interesting one. But these are like my ideas of Star Wars movies that are outside of the Imports, like whatever. Is, are you like movie? Uh, that's something that'd be interesting though to see is because you, the names you listed, each of them have their own style. And the issue that they were saying with with um, Han Solo is it didn't look like a Star Wars film. It did not feel like Star Wars. And yeah, Peter Jackson not, could easily do that. They need to not make every single film a Star Wars film. They need to make their trilogy film Star Wars films. Yeah. They need to make their outside films of different genres like logan is a good x-men movie but it's a great western it's yeah. a great modern day western like if they made if the villain lord miller had made a funny uh buddy star wars movie that would have been great did, did it have to be star wars though no that was the problem star wars is a or han solo is a very important character but because he's connected to the universe if they had picked a different character or tried to introduce somebody new and tell a different story or even had the guts to tell a Han Solo story that was really a heist. God, if they made a heist Star Wars movie, that'd be so much fun. And yeah, I'd want Lord and Miller there. Or Steven Soderbergh. Or somebody who's Ooh, made a heist. Soderbergh. Yeah, that, like, that, the no. point is genre. You can tell a Star Wars space story with genres now. Like, you can do that with a Western and a superhero movie because they've always allowed that and they're vague and can do that. But Star Wars is a universe that's so big and broad and interesting. If you are not going to go in its expanded universe, you need to dive into what makes movies different and interesting, and that's genre. Like, Marvel figured that out finally. Finally in their third phase, they're like, oh, we can make a heist movie and a family movie and a space movie and a, a, a mystical movie and, a, and a, just a trippy movie. We can make all these different <laughs> movies but still have the Marvel movies. Star Wars figures out how to do that and let the people that they hire make those kinds of movies. It'd be amazing. And I thought that's originally what they were trying to do with Lord and Miller, but apparently that's far from what they have in mind. I, that's that's the thing. If they just are willing to accept that their non-trilogy Star Wars movies uh, don't have to be Star Wars movies, then they'll have success with their expanded universe. If they aren't mm -hmm. afraid to do that, they'd be fine. But they're they're afraid. They're still scared. Well, maybe that's what they're trying to do then with this new trilogy. And I'm, I, you know. Well, when I when I hear the new trilogy, my hope would be every single one of those films would be a different type of movie. Like the first movie is an adventure, space adventure on its own right. The second movie maybe that's a little bit more smaller and personal, and the third movie's maybe a little bit more fun and different. But that's 
because I know watching Ryan Johnson's previous stuff that he can play around in other genres and still tell the story those genres rules demand of. Uh, so I'm hoping that happens, but if not, I wouldn't be surprised that he's getting Star Wars movies to make because he's a really good filmmaker, and I think he can make something that grand and epic and expansive and universal. Like I, He got the job because I think he's right for the job. But if you're going to get people that are weird, like Raimi or Jackson or the Millers, you need to let them play in their wheelhouse because your Star Wars sandbox is that big to play in. It's a, mm. it's a universe, man. It's a galaxy. It's huge and vast with planets that are so different, and most of them are desert. And not one of their movies is necessarily a Western. It's just weird. You have room to play. Play. I'm now picturing a Wes Anderson Star Wars movie. Oh, man. animated Star Wars movie. Oh, speaking of which, segue. So, okay. Hold on. Hold on, Alex. I watched that animated Clone Wars movie that you asked me to on so, the podcast. Travis, <laughs> if you remember last week, I told specifically my buddy Alex he needs to see this. Because I, yep. when I was watching this movie, I'm like, what would Alex think of this? Because, like, I thought it was, like, one of the worst animated summer blockbusters I've ever seen. And I'm like, okay, I really want to know what Alex thinks of it. Thinks of this. So now we get the payoff. Alex, what did you think of Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated movie? Well, I I, I have to say that while I agree, finding out that that went into a theater makes that movie really, really, really bad. Uh, I I think you you specifically, but you guys were a little bit hard on it. I, I don't think it's a okay. disaster. I don't think it's worse than Suicide Squad, and I don't. I don't. I think there are worse animated movies out there, but this is this is pretty bad. And I'm taking it out of the context of being a Star Wars fan. As a Star Wars fan, it's pretty. It's pretty insulting. It's actually part of. It's kind of offensive because you, if I took Oof. my kid to this, what I'm assuming they wanted people to do is take their kid to a theater, and then I was a fan, and I watched this, I would go immediately, well, this was made for television, and now they have my money. And I'm not going to leave, because <laughs> that's just, oh, man, they have my money now. That, that I would feel bad about that, and I would feel like they hated me. But if they put this on TV and, and didn't know whether they would get a TV show after it, I think it'd be fine. This is TV standard animation, storytelling, voice acting, uh, animation, uh, editing, like, uh, although the editing was bad and super bad for a movie theater, it wasn't bad for TV. And I, if, I, if you wanted me to watch this, uh, I would say here, here's how that deal should really go. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, no. If I, want you to, if, you want, if I want you to watch Brick, you need to bring something to the table that you love that you may not think I'd have seen or you don't think that I would necessarily know about. That you love, like something that I haven't seen that you love. That is why I'm bringing you Brick. But uh, if you're, it gives you a turd. If you're gonna sorry, Wars, sorry. I'm gonna. Sh- I'm, I'm daring you. This is a dare. Oh no! You don't have to, but it's a dare. Like if you want to see a truly in like embarrassment of an animated movie that went to theaters, look up the movie Food Fight Man, oh, and you, no. you oh. will absolutely 110% see that Clone Wars is not bad. That is not a bad movie compared to what you could have gotten. Because oh Food Fight Lord. is, in my opinion, the epitome of 
horrible animated theatrical American movies. Not to mention stuff like Norma the North or Sir Billy. Like there's some <laughs> absolutely yeah, I know this stuff. Like you there's some crap out there, man. So when I was listening to this and watching this, I was like, Okay, I agree it's bad and it's terrible. But its biggest problem out of anything, um, if you were to look at this as a TV show, if I was sitting in the theater and I'd go, okay, this is obviously made for TV. You have my money. You guys are jerks. But uh, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, okay, the biggest problem is its whiplash of tone more than anything. The very fact that you see a stormtrooper walk up to a droid punch it, break his hand, and then the droid shoots him in the stomach dead. And then in the very next scene, a, another clone walks up to a droid and performs kung fu on him and knocks it out like a cartoon. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. No way. Like, you can't have them, uh, like, slowly moving towards the good guys in a big army with a shield and you don't know how they're going to get away with it. And then they sit there like Bugs Bunny in a box that doesn't even look like a droid. Just walk by him. That's, that is insulting. That's, that's so bad. That to me is like they came up to Warner Brothers and were like, hey, we have an idea for actual Clone Wars episodes uh, to be animated and put on Cartoon Network. We honestly think that we can show the war side of Star Wars. And if you watch it, yeah, man, that stuff is there. You you mentioned the scene where they were the D-Day hangar stormtroopers and, and they were waiting to go out and it looked like that. That is the opening of Force Awakens. That is that is the opening of it when oh, you're sitting man. here watching Finn and the Stormtroopers. That's pretty much where they got that from. If you look <laughs> at Rogue One, a lot of those battle scenes are very close to what that Clone War thing was. It's not obviously mm-hmm. a TV show, but and, and all of a sudden they're carrying around an infant child named Sticky that's sick and burping all the time. It, it, it is a whiplash of tone. It doesn't make sense. It's like they gave it to Warner Brothers as a serious property, and Warner Brothers said, "Yeah, but it's Saturday morning cartoons, so put a baby in there." You know, have to just you know, be, you don't need to animate them as droids. Just make them a box. No, they don't. They don't. They're kids. They don't care. And then they got real gutsy and said, "Put it in the theater." And that's when people were like, "No, no." Okay. This only lasted what, like a week in theaters? I don't think he even managed to make it to like a second week. I don't even remember. I guarantee you, they put it out there to steal people's money. That was, <laughs> that was a dollar on a string in public. They put a dollar on a string. Okay. And so, all right. Exactly Before we move on to what we're here to discuss, what did you think of, of Jabba having a son? Well, yeah, that's just insulting. That's just the that's just insulting. They, they did it so that they would never. They thought it would be a show. They did it so that they would never bring it up again. Like they didn't think it'd be a big deal. Uh, that, that's all. And to be honest, like Jabba could have had a son. If I didn't know the expanded universe, I think Jabba would have a, a son. Sure, why not? But at the same time, the one of the other big insults of that show is that they clearly know something about the expanded universe and do nothing with it and the things they do do they don't do right and insult people like Travis who know what they're talking about and care about this expanded universe mm-hmm. well that, like that was something that really kicked me in the balls because we're watching this going this this does take place during the time the expanded universe was still canon yeah. and that yeah they had Zorba um, who was supposed to be Jabba's father and, you know, he has got this huge extended family, but we never hear anything about the kid again, which could actually be really cool if they did that in the new series, but they won't. But, yeah, 
like you were saying, it's it just it's it's an insult to us Star Wars fans, and that's where I got very critical with it. Okay. They took your money, they gave you the finger, and they said, "Be happy with it." <laughs> so, yeah, so okay, super bad. And on those terms, but in terms of being like a TV movie, no, it's not that bad. I've, I've totally seen worse on an animated level. Just this, and as an editing disaster, no. It was actually coherent in a lot of ways that Suicide Squad was not. And more importantly, way more coherent than something like Food Fight. Like, if you want to really see what's, what could hurt your eyes, Chris, <laughs> Food Fight it up. Okay. 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 All right. Maybe I was too hard on it. Okay, fine. I will. I think <laughs> I back down. Whatever you say. I just think I think one of the great things about this podcast is that people like Travis or Zach or myself can bring stuff to the table that's going to help you understand the context of something like that. You'll look at that and go, "Oh, okay, like that is this kind of bad, but it's also this kind of okay." Like I don't want to show you terrible things, but I certainly want you to realize that like there's a lot of bad and there's a lot of good out there and people need to learn to respect what's in between more often for what it is okay i will <laughs> it's just yeah okay so <laughs> i was just I'm still caught up that java has a son out of nowhere I'm show you some interesting things is all i'm saying okay well, gentlemen, well, okay, so Travis was brought in on short notice. We were going to have Zach, but things fell through. But uh, if you've been keeping up, you know what time it is. We've reached Wait, the end it? of the prequel era. We are now on Revenge of the Seth. Yay! This movie was a hundred times better than anything I've seen before. Where was this? Where was this? The best one of the trilogy. Um... It's definitely the most, it's the darker one. It is the kind of silliest one at the same time, though. If you think about all the action that's in this movie, even for a Star Wars film, this is pretty ludicrous, though. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. It, yeah, the, I, I, it is pretty dark. I think it's too dark. Uh, really? I think. Yeah, I think I think in terms of what is how dark a Star Wars movie should be, I think Attack of the Clones gets it better. Uh, I, 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 it's an adventure where at the darkest level, people run into some emotional conflicts and maybe get amputated in a battle. Like in this one, <laughs> the main character kills kids, gets burned alive and amputated, and screams that I hate you at his friends and chokes his girlfriend. Like that's a step up. Yeah, that is that is pretty twisted compared to what we're used to in Star Wars. But it's different. Yeah, that's, I mean, the first prequel was a kid's movie, out and out. The second one is like a fun adventure, I think, that everyone can enjoy with their family. But this one uh. takes it a little too far in terms of how dark it can be. I think necessarily call itself a Star Wars movie. I, I don't well, think they, it's better for being dark, actually. I think it goes too far with it. They wanted to take but, it even yeah, a step that, further with the darkness. I mean, there's that deleted right, script that? they've been talking about, our deleted script idea of the whole Padme then stabs Anakin with a knife <laughs> after trying to convince, like, convince him to turn back. And he's like, no, no, I got this. I want to be evil for a little Shank. bit. Like, that's even more twisted. That explains a lot of <laughs> that's where they're stupid going with the story. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty aggressive. Uh, and, and as for the ludicrous stuff, yeah, like, I would... The, I was watching something that kind of pointed out that uh, 
the first because it, it I, when I was watching this, it reminded me of the Clone Wars movie in a lot that it felt more episodic than the other movies. The other movies, there's a lot of back and forth uh, that they play out early in the film. They're like, here's two stories. They're going to happen separately, and then they're going to come together. This one, it's very clearly they have a mission up in space, and then a ship crash lands. There's everybody talking and having a little bit of a time doing some political intrigue. And then Obi-Wan goes off to the Wookiee planet, and uh, Anakin goes insane. Like, there's three arcs to that movie, and that first arc where they have an adventure is supposed to be their last one together, some hijinks and some silliness before things really go down, and I think it doesn't understand its tone very well. Because, yeah, there's a lot of hijinks and shenanigans in that scene, but it also ends with your main character, like, decapitating something. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a Jedi anymore, guys. Like, that's Darth Vader right there. Why you see the rest of the movie? Like, why would you put that up front? Well, and it, it just, it kind of also then shows that Vader's not redeemable at all by the time you get to Return of the Jedi. Yeah, He's well. a sick, twisted man. Yeah. All right, guys, you ready? Yeah, we're ready. <clears throat> Go! Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, released May 19th, 2005. Written and directed by George Lucas with an asterisk. I'll get into that later. Starring Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Samuel L. Jackson, Christopher Lee, and finally, in a more prominent role, Ian McDermott. Mm-hmm. So, opening crawl, we then, we then of course, had WAR! Um, basically, what I got was Republic is still losing, but really, I, I kept thinking none of this really matters. We all know what happens after this. Um... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so the Separatists send all of the ships to capture Palpatine. Obi-Wan and Anakin must bring them back. So the opening shot is Anakin and Obi-Wan flying over this clone uh, destroyer. And so they fly over it. They die. Okay, so at first there's like nothing happening underneath it. Because like you can see there's nothing happening underneath it. There's just Coruscant right there. So they fly. <laughs> then they fly down. And then there's just this massive space battle. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Where did all that come from? So, um... Yeah, because there's no sound in space, I guess. You don't hear anything about it. They just wait for you to see it for all the explosions and stuff to be audible. Right. It's kind of smart in that, if that's what they were trying to go with. But I think it's just more of they wanted to show you that, hey, here are two heroes. And, oh, crap, there's there's suddenly a lot going on right behind them. No, that's just... There's words I want to use here, but they don't fit very well. <laughs> So to me, like, I, I like this CGI. I like the animatics. I, I like it. Looks all pretty good to me. If I watch just remember watching it in the theater, I I think I enjoyed it. The problem is when they cut between the actual footage itself and then the footage of them talking inside the ships, and they're not very good saying this dialogue, and it just sort of is edited in there clumsily. It it doesn't work. You're watching. I feel like I'm watching a great cartoon, and then it just cuts into these live voices. Kind of like you're watching an old 80s car- uh, video game. where the, it's yeah. kind of, You're playing this game, and you're enjoying it. All of a sudden, a human pops in, and they're like, do this, and move to the right. It's like, shut up, Carmen San Diego. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so they're flying through this uh, They're flying through this space battle. I wrote down such things like, um, where has this been? This is a Star War. Um, so... Instantly, like the like the dialogue between like at least between between Anakin and Obi Wan is a hundred times better. Is a hundred times better than anything we've seen prior. 
Okay. It's literally no different to me. It's literally no different to me. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have so much fun on this review while you're here. Um, so <laughs> I think the worst thing about this movie is the dialogue. Okay, far. in this There's twenty minutes like, of heavily, this space I, battle, I, it's, it's not bad. I actually enjoyed this. I will take this over Attack has, of the Clones or Phantom Menace. It has moments of interest and intrigue that are elevated by performances, but like, no, the I'm saying this because I think the movie has way more focus than the other ones, and yet yeah, all over the place in tone and kind of a dumb series of decisions by characters that happen super quickly like I, I just it's hard for me to watch it now and believe that Anakin goes from where he goes to the beginning of the movie to kids like just watching it within two hours just doesn't make sense to me and I, that's a lot to do with just the story moving as fast as it does but it's still more focused than the other ones uh, but the dialogue is the one thing that stands out to me is the most laughable embarrassing thing it is the Jar Jar Binks of this movie when he's standing there talking with Padme, and he's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, then love has made you blind. It makes me beautiful to you. And we'll get like, to that. Up. We Shut will up. get to that. Shut up. We'll get to that. I do have a point about that. Them on the plane talking to each other, it's the same pattern that they're saying in the other movies. Like, I, If you put in the dialogue from the beginning of the second movie to this, it, it's it's no different. Like, the first one just sort of told us what their relationship was, and I didn't I didn't mind that. This this time, I know what their relationship is, and I don't care. There's something that this movie makes me question more than any other Star Wars movie, is how what's going on, like, time-wise? Because this movie feels like it takes place over six months. That is true. Okay, okay, guys, we'll get to this. We'll get to this. We a different ending. We will get to that. We are here in the moment. We're on Coruscant. We're above Coruscant, actually. So, no, like, I, I gotta be honest. As I'm watching him in the ship, that was one of the first questions I had too, which is, you know what? They needed an older Anakin. They needed yeah. someone. They just Shit. needed somebody older. Like, it's not that it's not necessarily that Hayden Christensen was that bad. It's just that they needed to. They needed more time. I said this. To look like time had passed. I said this in uh, Phantom Menace. They should have gotten Leo. Um. So let's see. So yeah, the gravitas. He could do it. Only what Leo was nowadays. Leo would have been really good. Oh yeah. So they're flying through. Yeah, they're flying through this battle. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. Uh, So then a droid launches missiles at them. Obi Wan says, "Okay, R four, nothing too fancy." Anakin then then begins to fly fancily, quote unquote, (laughs) and he. Uh, evades the missiles perfectly while Obi-Wan is struggling because he's not fancy. So the only reason Anakin is a better pilot than Obi-Wan is because Obi-Wan lacks balls. Um, well, he hates flying. He just doesn't like it. He's not a fan of it. It's just it's who he is. And I mean, it's another way of us... It really helps us to believe that Anakin is a great pilot when his mentor doesn't like flying and needs to be saved constantly. But I do think it's... it's pretty funny that they're just constantly reminding us hey he's a pilot guys he's a great pilot look how great of a pilot he is so yeah my then... question is, is Obi-Wan claims that he hates flying but is that just because he's been flying with Anakin who does all these ballsy stunts <laughs> he's jealous and it just made him terrified of getting in a ship <laughs> you don't hear that. I, mean, I, I, I would have to watch I'd have to watch the first movie again and see how he feels about Qui-Gon and his antics but uh 
yeah, I cer- he certainly didn't help things. <laughs> so, Kenobi ship, because of the, the missiles, um, were filled with buzz droids, as we discovered, and a new droid. Uh, they swarm his ship, they take out his droid, He all he says is, oh dear, making Obi-Wan racist against droids. Um, so... He started, Why is he racist against droids? Because he's had this droid. Okay, if you watch the Clone Wars, if you watch, okay, in context of this universe, he's had that droid for the better part of four years, and then he's had that same exact droid for the better part of four years, and then his reaction to it dying is, oh dear. Well, yeah, it's just another appliance to him. I do, I do think if you like understand the extended universe, yeah, that's a little weird, but. In terms of the movie, no, that seems like something he would say. I think that I think he means it when he says, "Oh dear." I think that's just the thing he would say. It's not like he would go, "Oh my god!" Horror, <laughs> horror. No, he go, "Oh take dear." So, that's, that's, his way, that's his way of saying, "Oh my!" Like I, I could see myself in a situation going, "Oh no!" That's that's just his way of saying, "Oh no." So I felt like the buzz droids are threatening to dismantle the ship. Anakin tries tries to help by shooting them off. This did not go well. Yeah, that's, that's really dangerous, Anakin. So Do then he cool. tries to ram them off, and it works. And I... Yeah, smart. And all this banter back and forth between Anakin and Obi-Wan maybe right in all caps. Where was all this charisma in the last two films? This is where I get caught up with this dialogue. At least it has charisma. Show me the charisma in the last movie. I honestly don't think it has any charisma. I don't see what this movie and the other one. I'm sorry. It just ah! it, it's the same thing. I I see where I see where Chris yeah. is saying though, because they, they do seem like they've known each other longer. They do feel like they're definitely you know friends. This this last movie did not have any of that. But at the Zero. Same time, yes, it is as because they were apart. The other one. Yeah, I mean, if you take the same people and the same director and you give them six more months to tell another story, they're going to get better at it. But I, I don't necessarily see it that much difference. I don't. I, I it, it doesn't affect me. As, I don't see a vast difference. Is there a difference? Yes, but do I see a vast difference? So much so that this it makes this movie that much better. No, I, I think this movie's better structurally. I don't think it's. It's better moment by moment. I think it's vastly improved. Um, so they crash onto the cruiser that the Chancellor is on. That's the ship that they were flying to. They're trying to free the Chancellor because somehow he got caught. Um, so, of course, so they cut droids for a bit. Have to wake their way all the way to the top of this long thing. Um, then R2 must stay with the ship again because that's his gimmick in the prequels. He has to stay with the ship. Yeah. We- we got our our uh, first shot of General Grievous, who sends his droidicas, or if you remember yeah, um, last week's review, rolling death balls. Um, <laughs> he sends them after the Jedi. They back him into this elevator, and they back. So they back him into the uh, the uh, into this elevator, and then the elevator door shuts. They turn around. There's a bunch more droids. They just cut them. They just cut them down too. And then I wrote down, and so, um, so I'm gonna, so I'm trying to describe the scene. So like he cuts them down, then they're riding the elevator up, then all of a sudden it stops, and then Anakin and Obi Wan look at each other. It's like, did you do something? 
I didn't do anything. Well, there's one way out of here. Anakin starts cutting through the ceiling. So, um, so yeah, R2 is like trying to hide from these droids while he's trying to fix the elevator. So then the elevator just drops, ragdolling Obi-Wan while Anakin's hanging in the elevator shaft. Then <laughs> R2 fixes the elevator. It starts going back up. Anakin then does a trademark Jedi flip that I thought only old Jedi can do. Um, and I'll get to that. Um, and then he lands back in the elevator, tells everyone, tells everyone, that was you, wasn't it? I was like, no, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, it's one of those old wire, you, try, you tried to wire the elevator, didn't you? He's like, I didn't say anything. I'm like, yes, you did. He's like, I didn't say anything. That scene had me laughing. I am convinced Spielberg had a hand in this. That's why I gave George Lucas the asterisk and the, direct, and the director credit. There's no way Spielberg had, there's no way, there's no way Spielberg didn't have a hand in this. This was... I can't believe, Alex, I can't believe you think this wasn't, this wasn't that much better. I was watching this movie, I'm thinking, where was this in one, where was this in two? I'm, this, all I wanted was charisma, I wanted character, I wanted dynamic, and I didn't get that in the first two. And in this movie, I finally got it in the first 20 minutes, and then after that, it just died! Now, now, here's the thing, Spielberg is not known for his comedy, buddy. He's not known- He's known for his charm! This had charm! But that's got to be yes. Kasdan, though, because Kasdan was rumored to be working on one of the prequels with him. I guarantee you, Chris, that uh, that probably Kasdan had a lot more to do with how this script got punched up better than Spielberg. Spielberg is a visual dude more than anything. He he couldn't he didn't just look at the script and write this 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 and this is jokes. He's not a dialogue guy. He is a visionary. That's the point. Like the reason Spielberg came in. My guess is for the battles and for a lot of how that like first shot looked, and more importantly, the end battle. Like that end battle has barely any dialogue to it. It is entirely visual. It's constantly moving. You're going from one room to another, and every time they move, something interesting is happening visually. That's what Spielberg does. Like it's not like they they shot an elevator scene with Spielberg. Spielberg wouldn't waste his time on an elevator scene to make that funnier. No, Kasdan would. Kasdan knows how to do that. That that's Lucas making two other movies and then finally listening to his friends' opinions about ideas, or maybe actually learning how to make a scene funnier or better or punch it up, or maybe reshoots with the secondary unit director. But I don't think Spielberg had anything to do with the charm of this film on a dialogue level or on a character level. I think he had way more to do with why the film looks interesting and uh, okay. most of it's visual I, I guarantee you those lasting images with darth vader intercutting lying on a table with padme dying that's spielberg that that's spielberg knowing how to tell a story about two people missing and dying each other and feeling each other separate from the universe <laughs> as darth vader is born visually george okay. lucas had never done anything else like that in any of the movies i guarantee you that's what spielberg gave to this movie he gave the ending something to feel on a visual level more than anything else. That's where that asterisk comes from. Okay. The first 20 minutes of this movie were better than anything I've seen in the last two movies. Call it whatever you want. Now, I gotta ask, though, do you think that the tone of those first 20 minutes actually relate the tone of the rest of the movie? Does the rest of the movie... Well, the movie, movie takes like a hard shift to be in the middle. Have... That the no, movie changes dude, shift. No. It shifts. No, dude, the point is the tone. How does the movie feel? If I watch this movie for the first 20 minutes, I think I would get a fun space adventure movie. What do we really get? 
political intrigue, and then mass murder by our main character who gets burned alive and decapitated from the legs down by his best friend after he chokes his girlfriend and becomes the most villainous human person ever to walk the cinematic plane. Does that really sound like the shenanigans that happened at the beginning of this movie? I'm going to move on. <laughs> I'm going to move on. <laughs> all, I'm saying, all I'm saying is, yes, there are things about the first 20 minutes to enjoy, but they're on a bigger, larger scale of how movies are supposed to be made. This still has problems. It still has major, massive problems. I'm not saying it that, doesn't have problems. I'm saying it's better than anything we've seen before it. That really discredit what those 20 minutes can do. Those 20 minutes in a vacuum, just like you guys were talking before about the other movie, those 20 minutes in a vacuum, that's a pretty interesting, complicated adventure. Like, the very fact that it ends looking like the the way that the last movie does in the original trilogy, where the, the, the like Palpatine's just sitting there in that chair, and it's mass, and it's dark. Take those 20 minutes, and you've got an interesting film in and of itself. You've got a story that really takes you somewhere. I'm not doubting that. My problem is is like how it works on this other level that really affects the whole movie for me it affects the whole trilogy for me on a big massive scale so yeah so <clears throat> also r2 burns the battle droids alive that were that were coming out of the <laughs> hangar that was great that was great uh, i gotta be honest it does make him pretty interesting because his decisions from one point to another are a big, they're a big go between, between I'm brave enough to try to get the elevator to work for these guys, no matter whether I get caught and what to do when I get caught. <laughs> so, Jedi Reese Chancellor, took his ready thumb. He does a flip because he's old. Um, they fight. Uh, I wrote down in my notes, Spielberg had to have a heavy hand on this. I guess you were right. He's more the visual guy. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I thought this movie was better than anything I've ever seen. I don't care how bad it was. Chris, Chris, how disorganized yeah, it was. It was so don't, much don't, better don't than anything I've like seen that, before dude. it. Dude, you don't say it like that. Like, stand, I, I want you to be honest. Like, the, the whole point of movies is that they're subjective. I'm not right about everything. This movie time. was the best of the prequels. I don't care how it was. <laughs> I this first 20 minutes had me going it was great okay the dialogue was good the chemistry was good i don't care who did it it wasn't george i know that's a fact this was awesome why are you so upset why are you so upset about me disagreeing i don't know just let me continue i agree i agree with you I, I let me put it this way. I agree with you that it is the best of the prequels. I just Jesus. disagree with you in how it is the best of the prequels. I agree on a lot of the points that you probably do. Like, there's a lot of things I think we're gonna agree on. But let me I, get let me get to I it. I don't think necessarily. And you guys are gonna get to the end before I before me. I like I'm gonna have to go soon. Yeah. So you guys are gonna be able to like totally dance around the end. And to be honest, I wanted to hear Travis's point of view on a lot of things because he knows way more about the expanded universe than I does than I do. I does. And, and I'm just sitting here like listening to you guys go at it, having so much fun, grin <laughs> on my face. I'm loving this. <laughs> I just want you to understand, like, like you can have your opinion and I can have mine. It's just the differing of our opinions is what makes it interesting. I, I'm here to bring a different perspective to the table. The things that make it interesting to you are what make you a huge 
Star Wars fan, what you're talking about is character, about this universe, about these moments and how they connect into a seven other films. Like this, this is this is your baby. I'm not trying to take that away from you. Okay. You have to remember this is the outside perspective of somebody who loves. I love crime stories, man. Give me Dark Shadows and Film Noir and, and mm-hmm. Femme Fatales or give me something gross and disgusting and horrible. Like, I I love weird things in movies so that when it comes to the greatest, most popular franchise of the world, I'm not stepping into it the same way that you are. So uh, that's how I differ. And don't don't feel bad about that. <laughs> don't get depressed about that. It's interesting to me. I, I want to hear your side of it just as much as I want to hear... You disagree with me. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll go on with that. With I'm, that, we will I'm move on. Guest. I'm here to try and make you better. <laughs> with that, we will I'm move on. on so, yeah, somehow, Kenobi gets his, gets unconscious. They were just swinging their... They're, they were hitting lightsabers for a while. Um, so, Kenobi gets knocked unconscious and pinned underneath some kind of platform. So, it's just Anakin Wait, and Dooku. Oh my god! You missed something. You, 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 whatever. No, wait. So, no, we didn't, we didn't miss anything. We didn't miss anything. They burnt, so, we were at, we were in the hangar. We, we were last at R2 burned somebody, and now we're at Dooku's yeah. battle. No, he's, he's fighting Dooku. Like, well, I mean, if you want to talk about them walking into the room and having their little talk before they meet Dooku, but yeah, like, he starts to fight Dooku, and all There's nothing happened. to. They didn't say anything to each other. We just went yeah, into it. Yeah, like he walks up to well, Palpatine, and Palpatine's like, "It's Dooku," and he's like, "He's a Sith Lord," and and Hugh McGregor's like, "Sith Lords are a speciality," and it's like <laughs> the last movie, you got your your butt kicked by a Sith Lord, man, by that dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, what's something that I find interesting, and this is this is me geeking out again. They mention in 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 the expanded universe. Uh, in the old expanded universe, they don't meet all that often, but in the Clone Wars, they're constantly fighting each other. Anakin Every and, other arc, Dooku, they are really? almost always like together in a scene with lightsabers. Like every other what arc, is, they cross. What paths. the hell are they talking about in this movie? Where they're like, "Oh, it's been a while since I last saw you. Oh, my powers have doubled since last time we met." I did get offset that by that. That was three weeks ago. You guys met huh. three weeks ago. What the hell are you on about saying that you're? Powers have doubled. Ooh, that's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. So, Anakin and Dooku, they're fighting. And eventually Anakin gets the best off him. Of course, Anakin cuts off both of Dooku's hands. Yeah, that's pretty dark. And pretty aggressive. So, and then he has him beat Anakin, on his knees, blades at his throat, and Pal- <laughs> Palpatine, Palpatine tells him to kill him. Anakin's like, nah, I shouldn't do that. Uh, then we then then we got do it, and um, and uh, Dooku's head gone. No more head. No more Dooku head. No more. Yeah. Anakin Fully is gone in this universe. Anakin's conflicted about it. Palpatine vindicates it, saying, "Remember the well, you wanted revenge. You did it with the Sand People. It makes sense that you he do it with Dooku. Get off your hand. Makes sense. I do. Well, no, I do love that manipulation. That's kind of why I love." Yeah. I love Palpatine in this. I think he's really he's really cool in this. Like he's, he's like kill him. He's like kill him. And then Anakin's like, oh man, I feel bad about doing that. He's like, well, don't feel bad about doing that. You killed those other people. So basically, what he's saying is like I, he tells him to do it. Then Anakin's like, I feel bad for doing it. He's like, don't feel bad. You were always gonna do it. Here's the thing. It was your decision. 
doesn't matter what you do. I'm so, gonna make you do it. Here's the thing, though. It's manipulation. It's like him. He's he's making him do things that he doesn't want to do, and then he's making it feel like he it was his decision in the first place. It's masterful. It's really good. I like that. Here's the thing. The thing is that with we've gotten manipulation in episode two. This manipulation, to me, did not feel out of place. It well, felt even right. Current, even in the current versions of the new canon, Anakin and Palpatine, every interaction they have, he's manipulating him. He's stroking his ego, making him think that he is the greatest. And there was a comic run that came out earlier, I think this year or last year. Happy last year. <clears throat> where that's exactly what happens. They go to a bar and he teaches him that all these politicians are slime and oh we should we should turn this guy in but we should do it a certain way that makes it so that he's constantly on our side he's been introducing anakin to the sith way (laughs) since he was like 12 years old but see we that's what we should have seen in phantom menace we shouldn't have seen we shouldn't have seen an adventure in Phantom Menace where everyone was separated and people were fighting and he jumps in a ship. It should have been the first part getting picked up by Qui-Gon and uh, Obi-Wan and then the middle would have been him going to school and meeting Palpatine and meeting other kids and and at, at, like excelling above them and getting his confidence and getting his ego. And by the end of it, yeah, like Qui-Gon gets murdered by uh, Darth Maul and everything and I don't know how that would necessarily work, but that's the kind of groundwork that doesn't get laid in the second movie well enough so that when this really juicy stuff shows up, it it just doesn't have the meat that it should have. Because really, Phantom Menace, all it gives us is, I mean, Padme. Like, Obi-Wan is a guy that goes off and has his adventure, but Padme doesn't do anything outside of fall in love and in this movie sit around and be pregnant. And it really takes away from what Phantom Menace ever had to offer in terms of being a fun like space adventure movie, if they'd have just mm. elevated more about how Anakin went through the Jedi Temple and met up with Palpatine, it would have been so much cooler. But maybe they didn't want to because they felt that would have been like creepy and maybe weird. But I, I think we should have seen him go to Jedi school. I think that should. I think we should have Harry Potter a Jedi school with Anakin. <laughs> yeah, like him at maybe at the academy or something similar. Like yeah, even at the Temple even. Palpatine could have been his Snape. I kind of wonder how that would, like, what went through his mind when he started writing this. Because I don't, when I see the other films, this isn't how I see how Anakin and Obi-Wan interact uh, in the first two films. Anakin is, you know, forced upon Obi-Wan because Qui-Gon thinks, oh, yeah, this kid's pretty cool. Obi-Wan oh, flat out we'll says get to that. that he was already a gifted pilot when I met him. And that... Sorry, I was going to go on a tangent, but Chris uh, wants... It's like, <laughs> Chris Alex wants... has to leave soon. I want to get him through the through as much of this as I can. Well, All I right. mean, you, right. I, I'll get as far as I can, and you guys keep going. I, I think we've talked about some interesting stuff, but I, 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 a point to that, I think, I think this movie shows more than anything else that George Lucas probably hadn't seen his own movies in a, quite a long time. There's a lot of inconsistencies, especially in this movie, that don't really coalesce with the with all the like they don't correlate with all the other stuff in the other movies like uh, Leia talks about meeting her mom but like her mom dies the moment she's born how do you remember that her, she was talking about there, her there's so many mom. other problems in it uh, and it made me feel like he just wrote it out it feels like he just wrote them all out and hadn't seen the movies in a while he's like these are the stories I want to tell 
and he didn't go back, and I don't know why. It's it's perplexing. <laughs> so Anakin grabs it Kenobi is. against Palpatine. Say Palpatine says like leave him. Then Anakin in just like the deadest delivery. His fate is the same. His fate will be the same as ours. That's basically exactly how he said it. Um. So yeah, the clones start firing on the. Right away. The, so the clones like start. Right <laughs> the clones start firing on the Sorry. on the ship, and like I wrote down, don't the clones know they're on that ship? So then, uh, <laughs> so the ship starts nose diving. Then the whole thing, then the whole ship just starts nose diving into the planet, and then so now they're running down. They're like running along the elevator shaft. Then the ship corrects itself, and now they're dangling from the elevator shaft. Obi Wan comes to. In a funny moment, he's like, whoa! That was funny. I really enjoyed this scene, because it is really goofy, and it has kind of no point to be in this film, but it's just... <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they're... So now, um... Oh, yeah, Anakin, before the ship fell, Anakin called for the elevator, and then the elevator starts coming, and so they're like, <laughs> oh, crap. So they start falling down the elevator shaft, and then an open door just happened to be open, and then... <laughs> Obi-Wan. <laughs> and Anakin. So, yeah. So Palpatine's below them. Oh, Palpatine's hanging on by Anakin's, like, ankle. And he yeah. falls, right? And he, like, <laughs> he, they, like, grab onto the ledge, grab to a ledge, and then hook into, the like, an elevator door, and then they're safe in the elevator. By, but, like, Palpatine grabbed... And he gets put at the last second so he can get hooked in. <laughs> I'm like, screw you. <laughs> it's really silly, but I gotta be honest. I kind, I really did like. Uh, I liked how that all moved. I liked the rhythm of it all. Like the the rhythm of having like, a, a elevator go down and are they gonna catch each other? And then Obi Wan waking up and them having to figure it out. Like I I liked that. I thought that yeah. all looked really good. I like that moment. On an entertainment level alone, I mean, it's 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 almost it's almost sweet. So and, well, you, know, just, you just you get the feel that these guys actually do care about each other. And oh crap, there's an elevator. <laughs> and it might kill us, but we might make it. <laughs> so and get a yeah, yeah. shortly after. So. It's it's the kind of stuff that I liked about the second movie, the kind of space adventure stuff that I I do like this stuff. I just think on the whole, the movie it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, while this is happening, R2 is being ragdolled around the hangar, and uh, he survives it, because episode four. Um, <laughs> so, Jedi and the uh, Chancellor get caught in the ray shields. Anakin's, like, being an adult and being like, patience. And everyone's like, yeah, patience. R2, so R2, so he says, we'll wait for R2. R2 comes blazing through, uh, fo- immediately followed by rolling death balls. Um... And so yeah, that plan failed. I wrote down R2 the rest never mind. Um <laughs> They're taken to Grievous. They escaped captivity get captivity almost as easily as they were taken into it. Um the Magna droid that Obi Wan was fighting, he cuts off his head and the droid start keeps fighting. That's awesome. Grievous then so they're swinging around for some, for a bit. Uh, Grievous escapes through the windshield. They almost die, but then they press a button, and the uh, the hole is not there anymore. Um, all the pods are launched. They must land 
the cruiser that is now that is not like that's like tearing in half. But then the like the like the bat like the wit that was going on from Obi Wan as this whole thing was happening. Like it's okay, we're still flying half a ship, so they have to they have to crash land half a ship and do a now random landing strip on Coruscant. Um, and it's all pretty unbelievable. So I wrote in caps a landing strip now, and uh, so yeah, they that's what they do. I mean, it almost sounded like that's an emergency crash. Like that, that's exactly what that's there for, is in case of emergencies. We've never well, seen that. Why would you put a tower next to it then? Why would that is true. Next to the because well, unless that tower is for crash flight landing. control, who would want that job? <laughs> who would ever want? I would probably <laughs> most so guys. We're getting to the good part. The we're getting to the good part. I want Alex in on this good part. Hang on. This is this is the good part. I want at least. I want Alex's opinion at, at least on this. So. They're, after this, they're taken to the Senate building. I want that job. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anakin is taken, is dropped off at the Senate building. Palpatine says the Mace window that the Senate will vote to continue the war until Grievous is dead, which only drives home the fact that why is Grievous now all of a sudden such a player? Why wasn't he in episode two? Um, so, Mace says he'll make it the council's highest yeah. priority. That's, there's, they're all still idiots. Um... Yeah. This will be the council's highest priority over everything else. We Cal Grievous. Um, Padme is hiding behind a pillar. Her and Anakin hug. Anakin doesn't care about their secret, and Padme snaps out of out of it. She then reveals to Anakin that she is pregnant. But you guys haven't seen each other in forever. I so I wrote down in my notes, and I want and I want Alex's. I want both of your takes on this. I wrote down she pregnant. How were they going to hide this if what hap- if what happened didn't go down? Like with the what war do you mean? if the war ended, okay, if the war ended, right? And she's pregnant. Uh-huh. She goes through the whole yeah. spiel. How were they going to spin that? All of a sudden she's pregnant like like what were they going to do? How were they going to hide this? She, was, she said that she was going to go to Naboo. To a place where people couldn't find them, and she. But how is she going to hide the fact that she's pregnant? But then she has to retire. She'd have to quit being a senator to, in order to go into hiding, unless they like faked an attack. On how her, is she going to? How is she going to hide being pregnant for nine months? Tell, if, if you guys couldn't tell, it's not like this baby. These two babies were planned. It was an accident. They were both pretty freaking scared about this. But yes, I don't think they, and that's actually like, that really well point. done because like, you can like, see in his face the range of emotions he goes through. But Chris is right. How do you hide it? She, I mean, she does start wearing for nine months before the birth. She has to. But well, that's the other thing. What's the time period between when she got pregnant, which she doesn't stipulate? Yeah, that's when, that's the thing the movie the doesn't the movie. do. They don't tell us. We just it could be. It could be three months. It could be two months. We don't know. She's wearing heavy stuff already. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Like, we can't really tell. But at the same time, she said she was going to go to Naboo. I think that's probably the best answer we would have gotten. And at the same time, the Senate's pretty freaking huge. And she was able to give them Jar Jar when she wanted to go do whatever she wanted. So I don't think the Senate's going to give a crap about whatever she does. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, that is true. last time, though, when she gave him Jar Jar, she was fearing for her life. So, it wasn't she's trying to assassinate her. If she, if, 
my point is is that she's dumb enough when she's fearing for her life to give him Jar Jar and she's having a baby. I'm pretty sure she's just not going to care. But here's the, here's a house plant, guys. Go vote. I gotta have I gotta have a bet. Ba- I mean later. So we, uh, we we got a situation here, uh, but we can't talk about it right now because I gotta go fight. If you guys ask me more questions, my Jedi husband's gonna fight you. I mean later. <laughs> Wait, Jedi husband? But I, I I mean normal husband, normal husband. So. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) it doesn't. She would have left. She would have gone to her home planet. She would have chilled out somewhere when she could have hidden and done whatever she wanted. She would have left some voicemail and she would have been fine. Some stupid little hologram. I my family died. I have to go to a family emergency. She would have had the baby. She would have taken care of it, or she would have retired. Maybe she was just ready to retire. Like I don't think easily by retirement. She was more than willing to have a better life with the baby with Anakin. She was scared about what was going to happen, but I'm pretty sure if Anakin was like, fuck it, I'll have the baby. Let's have it, and and we'll be fine. She would have been okay with that. Okay. The point I was going to make here. So the first 20 minutes, we had a whole lot of fun, right? With the whole Battle Mm -hmm. of Coruscant. But then it just abruptly... So then this is when the... This is when the fun in the film abruptly ended. Yeah, it's a tone problem. That's what I was going to say. Dead. Killed it dead. Whatever happened in the Battle of Coruscant, by the way? We don't know. It just ended. And there's no panic on the surface either. No one's running around like, oh crap, hit the floor. <laughs> well, you made a good point. It's droids and clones that are fighting. And on top of that, when we go to Coruscant, which a lot of the movie is set on Coruscant, no one on Coruscant seems to be affected by the war. So Grievous retreats to... something interesting to see. I mean... Again, maybe it's just the way my brain is processing this scene, but I would have loved to see panic in the streets or just maybe people kind of like that scene on Hazi and Prime in uh, Force Awakens where they're just sitting there watching in awe. <laughs> like, what's this What's this pretty late show going on above us? It's Darude making his way yeah. to the stage. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't have any of that. Nope. We don't we don't we don't see it, like you don't have to have a lot of it, but you can't set your movie in the most populated place in the galaxy and not have it be affected by the galaxy-changing uh, war that's going on. But that's the other thing, then, too, because you would have had to introduce... I, you'd almost have to introduce like a criminal element in order to give it... To show you, like, well, this is how the planet is reacting to this, to this war. Yeah, sure, there's the light showing above in the sky, but down below... Maybe there's pillaging, plundering. You'd have to have introduced a character. Maybe even the diner, uh, the the guy who runs the diner in episode two. Well, if you, if you didn't know already, Jabba had a son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now hold on, Jabba had a son. His name How is does that tie into anything? His name is Stinky. He's been through some stuff, man. He knows Anakin pretty well. <laughs> So Grievous on Udapa, retreats to Utapa, talks to Sidious over holograms, and Dooku, and um, Sidious says he'll replace Dooku. Back on Coruscant, Padme is visibly pregnant. Nobody's asking questions. Um, wants to have the baby on the boo, like Alex said. I wrote down, Attack of the Clones dialogue returns from the grave. It's a curse, I'm convinced. Um, Anakin is sleeping in her bed, not at the temple, having nightmares. Again, nobody's asking questions. Nobody's drawing, nobody's drawing between, nobody's connecting dots here um 
But he, they, they say in expanded lore that you don't have the Jedi doesn't have to live in the temple. <laughs> I mean, you could live in an apartment if you really wanted to, but they don't make money. How can he afford an apartment? That is true. Um, let's see, where am I? So he wakes up from this nightmare. I wrote down that bod. Um so they talk about the night. They talk about the nightmare. Uh, he says it's a dream. She dies. He says in the dream she dies in childbirth. Vows he won't let this dream become real, like his mom. She proposes outside help. She proposes outside help. He declines, like from Obi Wan or somebody. But, but then because, he immediately goes to Yoda in the next scene. But he but he speaks vaguely. He doesn't use specifics. He didn't say specifics. Um, I thought that I okay. Quick point. Thought I thought this was good. Because okay, this is where I, this is where I like noted. Okay, the bullet points of the narrative—it's all there. You have this is where it hit me hard. You have the makings to make a brilliant, at least two movies. I don't know what they were thinking with the first one, but like if you were to give me what they gave, what what we were given, like in pre-production, I would have been like, okay, I would I would have still had. Anakin witnesses his mom die, and then him wiping out the same people. I wouldn't have had him like complain, like whine about it, but I would have had that in there, which would because that because with that in mind, this makes this makes this good, right? Well, because I mean, I mean, uh, I I tend to ask myself the question when I watch these movies. Do does this story even need to be told? Was it nice as mythology to to the series? Now I'm not the first person to ask that. I just think it's a good question to ask. But uh, since they do exist, I'm gonna reveal my secret before I leave. When I like to watch these movies, when I actually really want to watch a Star Wars marathon, I tend to go uh, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith. Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens. I no wonder where your continuity's all off. <laughs> well, uh, well, I like the I, idea. I like that's what I do. That's what I do for fun. But I, I mean, if I really want to watch them all, I'll watch them all just because I'm an idiot. But at, at the end of the day, I think it's really interesting to watch those first two movies and then watch this one because it really does. It highlights everything that happens. Like you find out that he's his father, and then you find out what happened to his father. And then he gets to go meet his father, and it makes that impact of those scenes in Return of the Jedi even more uh, impressive and have a better effect, I think. Uh, so you get it doesn't get as lessened as it does by teddy bears, but <laughs> that that to me is how that works a little bit better. Uh, and then Rogue One, I forgot about Rogue One. So yeah, you could watch uh, Rogue One, I guess. After I would say, ah, oh, no, Rogue One screwed it up. Dang it. <laughs> Uh, I would say, I guess you could watch you could watch Rogue One after um, Return of the Jedi. Mm. I mean, I guess you could just for fun. They'd be like, but uh, didn't honestly, they just blow that up honestly, the second time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean it just highlights how often they do that, and they should stop doing that. They need to stop doing that. They do. They need oh. to stop. <laughs> I, I, that would be that was that was my point, but I guess I just totally screwed screwed my thought <laughs> up here. But I mean, it, like before they put out Rogue One and Force Awakens, that to me was the better way 
to put this movie in there. If you're going to ever tell the story about Anakin Skywalker, uh, this would be the one to tell it. That, like, just He used to have fun with Obi-Wan. He got manipulated. You could see it from the very beginning of the movie, and then it gets really hardcore after that. <clears throat> and it, I think in, the, in that sense, it works immediately following his son trying mm-hmm. to talk his father back to the right side. Uh, I and that I I still think that works because they're just going to get more Star Wars movies that are all over the universe and are sequels and do whatever they want. So at the end of the day, I still think that idea works. That's where I think this story should fit. I don't think you need Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. If you hate yourself, sure watch them, but uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the best way to watch Revenge of the Sith is between um, Empire and Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Because then you don't spoil the fact that, yeah, Anakin is, in fact, Darth Vader. I like that way of approaching the films. Exactly. You don't have to watch him afterwards. You get the one right in the spot where it needs to be. And the impact of watching the son convince the father, having just watched the father fall, really works. Mm-hmm. It still gets some Obi-Wan in there, early Obi-Wan. Yeah. Still going around with Wookiees riding a lizard and killing a guy with four lightsabers. If you still get a cool Obi Wan. Real quick, oh, Alex, before you so go, innocent. thoughts on the rest of the movie. Any points anything you want to point out? Um I think the 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 love dialogue between I think the dialogue between Anakin and Padme is terrible in every scene. Mostly because Don't blame you. It just if I feel like you could take those scenes and shuffle them around and then put them back in the movie, and they would never, ever have an effect on each other. They're just in there, and they just happen. Chokes are out in the beginning of the movie. He has this relationship with this woman. I feel like that's the worst stuff in the movie, and I don't think it's either of the actors' faults. They're doing the best they can. Even even Hayden Christensen, I feel like, when he's trying to say that stuff, is doing the best he can. Um, I I like the... I've always been a fan of Robot Chicken's joke uh when they were doing the star wars stuff uh, f- um the empire joking around telling people that he uh threw that he just threw the senate at yoda and even <laughs> watching it now it just makes it better that made that moment better for me it's just super funny because when you think about it, it like palpatine is having a ball he's he's throwing the senate at yoda and he's having a blast i think that's great um and then, yes, um, I don't think it's just designated to the lava fight, um, but I think Spielberg had a, a lot of say on a lot of the action. I think he, he probably just kind of stepped in with a lot of the CGI crew and was like, I'm going to look at everything But while we're working on the lava thing. But I do think it, it kind of goes all over the place. I think there's a lot of um, the stakes that are taken away because they're both really, really good at being lightsaberists. Uh, but it is super cool uh, to watch them move around and go to different rooms and watch the lightsabers hit the wall and break the glass and watch them force blow each other everywhere. And they're not quipping. They're not making jokes to each other. They aren't uh, explaining what happened from one scene that we didn't see. This is a personal story where if you were truly fighting the person that you knew, you would just shut up and fight them. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. have anything to say. It was right there in the moment, and the and all of that is told through the actions and the movement and the. Uh, if that's what Spielberg did, and it sounds like that's something he would do, he did a good job at making that moment work fluidly 
Whether all of it works, I don't know. I think it's a lot of it is really ridiculous. They kind of blow up a giant tower and then ride it down until it melts entirely of lava and then find these platforms and use the force to just fight each other. And it's just, at a, at a certain point, it loses its epicness, but that shot where, like, the lava shoots up when they hit each other uh, in the background, it's just great. That that sort of stuff is just fantastic. And I that that is the epic nature of Star Wars that... Uh, CGI can make that that's the moment that I think what George Lucas wanted to make with these films and the use of CGI works that's the moment where he was like this is what I wanted people to get that people are fighting with lightsabers on a planet filled with lava that's awesome I want that and I think it worked um but then you get then you get Luke Leia's birth and it's like well it it, it just sort of has to happen and they sort of say hey I think it's really, I think it's really a kick. I think it's a real big kick to Anakin's gut when you find out that when Obi Wan finds out that once all the Jedi are done, that there is a way to become uh, immortal after death. It was Qui Gon, the guy who found you. All you had to do was just stay to stay with the Jedi, and you would have been fine. How Twilight Zone <laughs> is that? That's pretty cool to me. I think that's, I think that's a nice kick. Like that's a big f you. But he gets it anyway. In at the end of New Hope in the remake, re digital remasters so i don't understand what that means but I, when i was watching it i was like ha ha anakin you idiot you're so dumb i hope you have sand everywhere uh, um, <laughs> uh, real then, quick um i again i like the imagery of, of anakin and padme on both on their separate tables both in a way dying oh and yeah in a way creating new life like mm. padme was dying but she was creating twins uh anakin was dying but darth vader was being born visually that worked for me and i was like that mm -hmm. that, that maybe that was spielberg maybe that was lucas lucas was capable of making uh movies before that had very little dialogue and were nothing but visual storytelling i i don't doubt that after two movies he started something uh that made sense and worked on page and then made it all the way to the screen and had the effect he wanted uh again i think it took two movies for him to make a good one and i don't think it's terrible uh if you are a fair weather star wars fan if you are a hardcore fan or if you are even a fan who just enjoys the expanded universe a little bit it's still pretty stupid still pretty stupid <laughs> i think it's still pretty insulting uh and i think it's still pretty stupid real quick what did you think of padme just dying because she lost the will to live I think he choked her pretty good. <laughs> That's not what the droid said. <laughs> That's not what the droid said. But he choked her pretty good. He's like, oh, you're with Obi-Wan. All right, well, I'm O.J. Simpson. <laughs> I, I, I feel like they don't want to talk about that, but he killed kids and he choked his girlfriend. Uh, Anakin doll for Christmas? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that, that, I mean, I... I think he choked her, and that that affect it, that affected the birth. That it, that the thing is, is I don't think she went into childbirth just because she was choked. I think she went into childbirth because she was in stress and probably not eating and should have been resting, and then got choked, and then she went into labor, and then all of that added together. Probably she wasn't supposed to even have the twins then. I'm sure she was really like half dead, and oh, the will to live would have mattered. Like, you would have wanted to live in that moment, and she just didn't. 
the droid did say physically she was, she was perfectly healthy. She was emotionally connected to Anakin. That's why that dying on the table scene really matters. It isn't just that they're both on a visual storytelling level. It's not just a metaphor. It's the force. Like she mm. feels Anakin dying and she's dying too. Their love is dying. The man she loved is gone. And that really affects her because again, this is what was the most important thing about this story. It was Anakin, his love and how he lost it and everything else. And it's just, it, it, it's supposed to be there entirely and it's not. So when she loses the will to live, everyone's like, huh. But really, that's supposed to be a romantic idea that has happened before. There are stories of people who, like Johnny Cash, when he finally yeah. got the woman he loved to marry him years down the line, he, she died. And a year later, a year later, he died. And it made sense. Yeah. I believe sometimes that you can have that kind of connection. And I certainly believe that that's what he was going for in these films. Uh, on top of the fact that, yeah, dude, he choked her pretty hard. He, ch he choked his girlfriend pretty hard, man. Like, I, bet, I bet that's what those are one of the stories that people talk about about Darth Vader. They're like, why is, why is he called Darth Vader? Dude, he killed a bunch of kids. He choked his girlfriend. She had some baby, man. Like, he killed everyone. He killed everyone. And then he chopped his legs off and he got burnt alive. And he now he has to wear a robot suit because his best friend was better than him. And he, well, he had the higher ground, but still. He was, he killed <laughs> Thank I you, Alex. I gotta go, guys. Alex, thank you very much, I man. Get to hear the rest of it. I appreciate it again, man. Thank you for being. I'm a guest, so I love, I love hearing what you have to say. Uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate that. I will see you down the line. I'll see. Actually, I'll see you this weekend, maybe for Justice League. Right, pretty cool. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Uh, Travis, really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Alex. It was good talking with you. Can't wait to talk to you again. No worries, man. Keep 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 the expanded universe info coming. I want to know more about that stuff. <laughs> oh, trust me, we got a lot. That we oh can yeah, talk we about. have a lot of material. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, dudes. Bye, Alex. <laughs> so, Alex has departed the call. Now it's just you and me, Travis. Let's bring it home. Even though we're not even like we're not even like half an hour through this movie. <laughs> Okay. Look at our time meter going. Dang, we got a lot of movie left to go. All right. So, we'll keep going. We must move on. Right. We lost Alex. It's tragic, but we must move on. All right. So, Jedi, back to the Jedi Temple, as you said, Anakin. <laughs> this is where we just we follow Anakin throughout the whole <laughs> this uh, this whole time. So he's on. So he's on Coruscant. He talks to Padme. Blah 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 blah. Now we're back at the temple. He goes to see Yoda about his issues, but he talks about it vaguely. He doesn't give any details. It kind of came across as teen counseling because it was the way Hayden Christensen was just like, someone. Yes. He just had his head down. He's like, yeah, whatever. He felt like teen counseling. <laughs> like he really doesn't want to be there, but he has to because he was right. ordered to. Right. Well, but this is the part that I kind of get a bit confused with. And I really do like this scene because it does show... No, no, I really like Yoda. I, I love Yoda. Yeah. And seeing Anakin and Yoda together is something that I find almost fascinating because it's, it's, it's the old guy who knows a lot and mm -hmm. the young guy who's almost as powerful as him but is too into himself. Is that the right term? Yeah. But you have one person giving this incredible speech about you can't worry about people dying. You can't stop it from happening. 
he's basically telling him right away, just whatever it is you're looking for, stop now. Just learn to be a Jedi. Let it happen. Right. You can more, but you know, don't don't let it no. get down. Hold on. He says he says don't mourn. Celebrate. Don't, well, no, but that's something that, and I, I guess maybe this is where, again, expanded universe, modern expanded universe. Okay, the new canon. But the new canon, yeah. Yoda mourns the death of Qui Gon, and eventually mourns the death of Obi Wan the minute he dies. Right. He is, I guess, a hypocrite. I'm trying to ignore the fact that he's a hypocrite. Right. Because so, he does mourn these people. He uses Qui-Gon's cloak as as a blanket. So, the way I, I almost read into that, and I, again, you just told me the exact dialogue says, do not mourn. Right. But I think it's his definition of mourning might be a little bit different than ours. Yeah. You know, don't let like, don't dwell on it for sixteen years. Don't dwell on it for, you know, the next thirty years of your life. Right. Embrace the fact that they lived, celebrate them, and move on. So Yoda just uses this as an excuse to tell him, "Jedi aren't supposed to be attached to anybody." And I'm just like, I hate this no attachment rule. I hate it. I wish Alex didn't leave. I, w- I really wanted his take on that. I never really got his take on that. Maybe next time. Next time. The Jedi are forbidden attachment. I wonder if that's something that would change in Luke's Jedi Order. It, in oh, it totally canon, does. Because that is exactly what he does in Expanded no, Universe. I bet it hey, didn't. Mary, I bet it didn't. Whatever you want. Just don't be evil. I bet it didn't. Um... We'll get into episode eight speculation closer to the movie. I promise. Okay. We'll probably okay. have a whole podcast to do that. I don't okay. know. I don't know what my plan is. Um, but so now I wrote, so yeah, I wrote down all caps. Screw this, no attachment BS, and I didn't use an acronym in my notes. Um, Anakin then goes to see. Oh, Anakin then goes to see Obi Wan an update on to the war. Palpatine is being given more executive powers. Anakin doesn't think it's a bad thing. Obi Wan is like. I don't like this. He's un he's uneasy. Quote, that's the exact quote. He's uneasy. And I kind of wish uh, Obi Wan was awake during the scene of uh, his battle with Count Dooku, because then at least we'd have a reason for him to be uneasy about Palpatine. We we really have nothing for him to be like. Oh yeah, I, I don't trust him now. Apart from that one throwaway line in Episode Two. Mm-hmm. Why is he so mis? Why? Why? Why does I've... he not like? Because he's a politician. He's. A... They don't like how many, how much, like how much power he's having in this war, and how quickly this war is going to come to an end. Like... But I guess my, you know, the argument to that then is, well, this is a war, and this is wartime. Right. When was the last major war in canon? Thousands of years ago, the I think last a thousand. War? I think it was just one thousand. Because the Stark hyperspace wars are no longer canon, so that that's not it. That was about ten years before the beginning, twenty years before the beginning of the Clone Wars. So now even that's gone. So yeah, after a thousand years, things change. Yes, Chancellor's got a lot of powers, and even during Episode Two, he delivered more powers to himself. All right. 
So, but yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Um. So Anakin then goes to, goes to see Palpatine, and uh, Palpatine wants uh, Anakin to be his eyes and ears and his voice in the Jedi Council, which would require Anakin being a Jedi Master, I guess. I don't know why, because in the okay. very next scene, which is back at the temple, Anakin, Anakin reports what was said to him, Yoda doesn't like it, and requests a seat on the council and a promotion to Master. Mace says yes and no. Anakin is outraged about not being a Master. Um, Mace asserts okay. himself. As he, uh, let me finish, let me finish. Okay. Um, Mace asserts himself as he pouts to his seat, and uh, Kenobi shakes his head at him. They talk about war strats. Yoda will go to Kashyyyk. Okay, go. So, Coyote Mundi is on the Jedi Council. He was not a master when he was given the rank. Right. Of, and so, so what, do you, what do you mean you're complaining about this? <laughs> Obi-Wan's right. This is a massive, massive honor. And you're bitching about the fact, part of my language, you're complaining <laughs> about the fact that you don't get to have the rank of master? Skywalker, I would have kicked you off the council the minute you started pouting. <laughs> that is complete bull, and you know it. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... And, so, we go back, Anakin and Obi-Wan, they're walking around. Um, Anakin complains to Kenobi about not being promoted... Kenobi says, just take what you can get. As that the council wants him to report. Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm, uh, oh, God. Uh, all right. So, Anakin complains to Kenobi about not being promoted to the Jedi Master. Kenobi says, just take what you can get. Uh, Kenobi also tells him that the council wants Anakin to report on the Chancellor. Um, he's beside him. Anakin is beside himself. He's like, no, this is wrong. It's not the Jedi way. Uh, Kenobi says it's war. What can we do? Anakin says he can't spy on his own mentor and friend. Um, and then, and, uh, and Kenobi says the council is asking you. So, I like this. Because, okay, let me point this out real quick. I don't, this is, point, let me point out the, the thing I don't like. The okay. Jedi are now slightly starting to catch on. They're suspicious. <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah. Go ahead. They're suspicious now. And again, in, in Expanding Universe, they explain why. There was, at one point, a Jedi who happens to be from the same planet as Padme and Sheev. They ends up becoming really good friends with Palpatine. And he and his apprentice accidentally let slip that they're, they may have found the possible link to who is the, the Sith Lord. And during this time where they suggest that, hey, we could probably start testing everybody from Minichlorians. I know people hate that word, but sorry, guys. <laughs> I'll just censor they, it. They're just sitting there going, well, if he has, if anyone in the Senate has a high midichlorian count, we'll know that's the Sith Lord. All right. Pretty, pretty sound logic. Palpatine sends him off on a dangerous mission that gets him killed. 
So now the plan doesn't go to the council. This was something they were about to pitch to the council. So Palpatine stops it. Shortly yeah. after this period, they discovered that the Sith is on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And that it's potentially, like, there's tunnels that lead from the warehouse that Dooku and Palpatine meet in during episode two, at the very end. Right. That tunnel leads into the building where all the senators and all the uh, ambassadors live in. Happens to be the same building that Palpatine was living in. Hmm. So they, they were getting really close to discovering who this guy is. But that's no longer canon. Nope. So now I no longer have a reason to understand why would they get suspicious. This is where I wrote down. This is where I wrote down in my notes, where I, I mentioned this earlier that the narrative of this of this film is brilliant. Execution numbs it almost fatally. What I meant by that was, like, Anakin. They're pr- now they're pressuring Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anakin's being pressured from multiple sides. He feels his anxiety because he's having dreams of his wife dying in childbirth. He is being pressured from his mentor and friend to spy on the council, which he serves. Now, the council which he serves is now asking him to spy on his best friend. All the while, a war is happening. Mm-hmm. And, then he ha- and he has to take charge of it. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. That is awesome, awesome writing right there. And the way they executed it almost neutered it yeah yeah completely (laughs) takes away everything they made that's great but at the same time though it still it still lets you understand where he's coming from when he starts to turn right now if they made him act better we would have gotten it and again, if we would have had Leo, this would have been a much better film. Yes. And I agree with what Alex was saying earlier. We needed an older actor. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time believing the Clone Wars only lasted four years. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't that, like that answer That was a anymore. big mistake. You know, you could have cast someone who looked like Sebastian Stan. Not Sebastian Stan. Uh, Sebastian Shaw? Is oh, Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon might have worked. I can't see Kevin Bacon no. as a Star Wars character. How about no? Um... <laughs> so, I'm now picturing him as Grand Moff Tarkin. Ha! So, Anakin and Padme... So, yeah. So, Obi-Wan... Uh, Obi-Wan... Uh, in a, they're in a transport. Mace, Yoda, and, and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan sticking up for Anakin when Mace doubts Anakin. Even though... Like... You gave him a seat on the council. You, you just gave him a seat on the council, and you're just like, I don't trust him. Why did you give him a seat on the council? <laughs> well, because I was told to by the senators and the chancellors and the ambassadors and the dummies. This is where I almost just like this movie almost broke me. This is where I almost started getting like really upset. <laughs> I was like, if you didn't trust him, why did you put him on the freaking council, moron? Because the script because the script told me to, okay? I did it because the script told me to. And why did you, and if you don't trust him, why did you give him the assignment of freaking spying on the Chancellor even though they're our best friends? Hello? Well, that alone is where it's intriguing. That he's being treated on either side as a spy. 
both sides testing to see which where he's going to go for his loyalties. And if that's why Mace Windu did it is so he can turn around and go, told you, told you the entire time, this kid can't be trusted. I've, that's literally what I wrote that. down. That's literally what I wrote down in my excuse. They, that's literally <laughs> what I wrote down in my notes. They want an excuse to say he's not the chosen one. Yeah. But now here's my other question that argues this. In the last movie, it was Obi-Wan who was doubting Anakin. Mm-hmm. And Mace Windu and Yoda saying, no, no, that. he's fine. He's the chosen one. It's okay. It's all fine. Don't worry. Obi-Wan, you worry too much. Now it's, I don't trust him. Well, I trust him. Backwards. Um, that well thought out. So yeah, Yoda says maybe he's not the chosen one. And that's when I wrote down, they want an excuse to say he's not the chosen one. And I get okay, a, and- yep. Go ahead. Just, that makes sense now because they're, you know, according to the that the book that just came out, uh, from a certain point of view, Yoda always that thought that it was going to be Leia. Hmm. Oh, we want always thought it was going to be Luke. That's fine if that's how you're gonna yeah. you're gonna get away with that line. But yeah, and I get a Padme again. She's starting to catch on to the whole thing. She starts talking about. Maybe this, maybe the very thing we're fighting to protect is the thing we have to destroy. Anakin's like, "What are you talking about? That ain't happening." He doesn't want to talk about his problems. <laughs> Padme just wants a better life. That's all I got out of it. That much there to get to get yeah. anything else out of him. Anakin goes to Palpatine at that weird bubble show. Tells him that Grievous is on Utapah. Oh, this is the greatest scene in the whole movie. I had to write down what the heck are they watching. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Was it even that? Well, there's a Tag and Bing's comic where they make fun of this scene, and that's exactly what they're watching is Finding Nemo on ice. Tag and Bing. Finding Nemo Tag on. Tag and Bing. What did I say? Bigs. Oh no! Which I makes perfect sense, right? <laughs> Tag and Bing's. Excuse my. Excuse me. Pretty that, sure that, that was pretty that sure. Was low. It's, pretty sure it's Bing's. I may be wrong. Or bink, 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 right. bink. It's bink. Tag and bink. Just bink. Either way, I'm so sorry to all the fans of Big <laughs> out there. So Palpatine says he thinks that the Jedi are trying to take over. Anakin admits that they don't trust him. And they don't trust Palpatine. And he and that Anakin is struggling with the Council too. Palpatine knows he's meant to spy on him. And then he starts questioning about his loyalty and his faith to the Jedi Council, which is brilliant. Um, he talks about Darth Plagueis and how, uh, I'm sorry, Supreme Leader Snoke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, he talks about Supreme Leader Snoke, not Darth Plagueis. Totally not Darth. He is, he's, I don't know. Um, I, I still buy the fact that Darth Plagueis was his own identity. And so I, how, I really, I really hope they eventually do a standalone film on him. Mm-hmm. He talks about Darth Plagueis and how he cured death with the force and how he was killed by his apprentice. Oh, the circle of life. Right? <laughs> How that came back on him. Oh man. He, he kills his ma- he kills his master and then his apprentice kills him. It's the circle of life. Sunrise, <laughs> sunset. Man, that was so satisfying to catch on to that. <laughs> so Anakin asks, is it possible to learn this power? Palpatine says, not from a Jedi. I wrote down in all caps, brilliant. Not from a Jedi. Freaking that, 
That Brilliant. man was perfectly cast. I'm a massive fan of Ian McDermott. Yes. Oh, that is that is a magnificent human being. Got another council meeting. Anakin reports what 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 uh, Palpatine said about Grievous. Says the Chancellor wants Anakin to lead the charge. Council says no, a master is needed. Sends Kenobi instead. They clearly did not <laughs> watch the Clone Wars show. The best fighter is Anakin. You're you're going up against a. a, a a Jedi killing droid that yep. is all this thing is created for. You're going to send your more powerful force user after. Also, look at the success he look at all the success that he had in the Clone Wars, which is canon. Mm-hmm. He knows all of that and he says, "No, we got to send we got to send somebody, we got to send a master to handle this." What? Did you not see and a thing that he did in the freaking cl- in that whole he they clearly did not watch the show. Well, that's the downside of doing this, is that, that you made the TV show after, and you tried to fit it in to explain things, and all you did is make it foggier. Yeah. We got a, a vague snippet of the Battle of Kashyyyk. Wookiees are not to be messed with. Mm-hmm. We then had the final conversation between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anakin insists he goes with him. Kenobi says it's probably not that big of a deal. Probably just another wild goose chase. Anakin opens up. Says he hasn't been grateful of his training. Says sorry and admits he's mad. Kenobi gives him dad advice. <laughs> says they're unknowing. So, and the, uh, says you're, you're powerful. You're wise. Your time will come. Boy, did it. Um, they did it. Did it really? Yes. Do you think he the feels better about his life? Um, they say they're unknowingly final goodbyes. Sad, actually. I actually, actually felt for that. Yeah, it's 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 a powerful scene in my opinion. Yeah. Obi Wan leaves for Utapa. They then had we're back at um Padme's apartment. Uh, Anakin's having daymares now. He I find this it, by this point, though, you can just go ahead and call it visions. Yeah, visions. Force visions. We'll just say force visions. I, mean, I guess that's what they look the, like. Yeah. So weird. Like, the way it's shot, though, is very strange. Eh. I, I can buy that. Like, it, it's almost like it's coming through, uh, like, a kaleidoscope or, like, a, you know, subway tunnel. It's not 100% clear what he's seeing, which could be that dark side they keep talking about is clouding everything. Hmm. That actually is an interesting way to look at it. I'll buy that. So, uh, he finds, he uh, senses that Kenobi was at the apartment, at, at, that was at the apartment. Um, she said that uh, Padme said uh, he was worried about Anakin. Padme's still visibly pregnant and still on the council. And still not on the council. The Senate. Sorry. The Senate. The Senate. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, she's still on, she's still on the, in the Senate. Nobody still ask, is asking any questions. Um, Anakin has undiagnosed bipolar disorder because, <laughs> like, he just had this meaningful conversation with his best friend and then now he's saying that the council and Kenobi don't trust him, and he wants more power, but he knows he shouldn't. 
Obi-Wan and the Council don't trust me. Really? They, uh, they're, they're still letting you sit on the... Everyone <laughs> in this movie is bipolar. Oh. Um, he promises again, Padme will not die in childbirth. That's the reminder. Obi-Wan arrives on Utapa. What is he on about? What do you mean? You can't promise anything. So, Obi-Wan arrives on Utapa. It's a weird planet. It's just people living in holes. Great! <laughs> good. Weird is good. Weird planet is good planet. Mm-hmm. Talk to the governor. Like the weird monks that are on this planet, too. Yeah. So, they're speaking very crypt- cryptically. Governor says Grievous is here. They're being watched. Kenobi basically says, hit the freaking floor when the base drops. Um... <laughs> How and so he. What happens is he. He gets in the ship, is about to fly off. He tells he tells his new his grand spanking new bronze droid, that, his, that go to the, they go go back to Cody say he's here. Um, get the uh, get the mixtape ready. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> so that's what Star Wars needs is an awesome mixtape. If you know what I mean, like get the mixtape ready. <laughs> if you know what I mean, that's what I'm saying. He, Kenobi didn't use these terms. Um. <laughs> so it's the, the 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 small fighter takes off, but Kenobi's back on the planet. What? How did oh, yeah, he get there? The droids were watching him. But the way he was supposed to do it was to make it look like that he wasn't going to be on the planet for long. I think he was trying to make it look like he was leaving. But how did he get off the how did he get off the ship in broad freaking daylight? For speed? Whatever. Whatever. I mean, out of all the things that are not well explained, that's up there. We then had a dragon. We got Obi-Wan on a dragon. My life is complete. Um <laughs> Grievous is sending these, the uh, Grievous is sending these the um, the separatist leaders to Mustafar, and that's pretty much it. They're not they don't like it. Go to die. So uh, Kenobi drops in. Hello there. <laughs> um, Tyler Rieger, that one's for you. Um, cuts the head off a of ma- so he drops a giant metal mass onto four magna droids. One of them. Is pinned. Uh, it gets pinned under. Gets his leg pinned underneath it, and then Obi Wan cuts his head off, and it dies. Didn't we just see a magna droid headless fighting him? <laughs> well, I mean, granted, he cuts off its head. It's already pinned. It can't do much. It's possible that whatever was left of it is now permanently damaged. With that's. But it was his it. leg. He's saying like his integral organs, his integral <laughs> robot organs, are in his legs. Is that what I you're mean, telling I've seen me? Weirder things in Star Wars, but <laughs> anything's possible. They did have the Islamir. Um, for all <laughs> you hardcore guys, um, Grievous has four arms and lightsabers, and lightsabers from dead Jedi. I thought that was awesome. Except for one of them looks like it's the exact same one as Obi Wan's, just. The pommel is slightly different. No, I think it looked like Luke's from episode six. 
It might have just been Luke's from episode six. That's what it looked like to me. It just That's what I just, it. Maybe I just wanted to see a better movie. I don't know. Okay, so ADD moment, but with episode two, there was a scene where they had kind of something similar where all the Padawans are using what looks like Qui-Gon's lightsaber. Just modified, so it looks like a training lightsaber. Are you telling me that Qui-Gon's lightsaber is just a training lightsaber? That he was so lazy with his style of design that he just went with what he remembered using as a kid? I guess. <laughs> so, oh. I, I noticed I liked Grievous' design and how he had lightsabers from Dead Jedi. thought that was cool. Then he started fighting. After he started using his hands as saws, I could not tell what he was doing. <laughs> so they were just being wacky for a while. He Obi-Wan managed to get two hands off of him. Because Jedi love dismemberment. Because mm-hmm. everybody's a droid. Um, hey, it's okay as long as you don't kill anybody. You can dismember whoever you want. Yeah. Clones arrive. They start They start crap. Uh, Grievous gets on his sweet unibike. With legs. I mean, for goodness sake, it's just great. I like random just, stuff. Just, it's just a uni- pick one. It's a unibike, <laughs> but the bike, the giant wheel has blades on it. And 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 uh, it has legs. It has four legs. That's awesome to me. I like it's that. It's a cool design, but it's kind of... Um, you'd have to be a droid to drive that thing. I can't picture another living, breathing being be able to quickly switch from legs to wheel mode in a dire situation. Like, if that thing was about ready to go off a cliff, I'm pretty sure the claws could. I need to get a new office chair. Um... <laughs> so, yeah. Kenobi gets back on his dragon. Uh, chase ensues. Kenobi drops a lightsaber from several hundred feet, falls right in front of Cody. Great! <laughs> Convenient. Come back to the Jedi Temple. Mace sends Anakin to tell the Chancellor about Utapah. And then I wrote down in all caps, Mace senses a plot to destroy the Jedi. <laughs> when? When did you start feeling this plan? Explain to me, Mace. Explain. Now he's getting it. It took an entire war and ten years before that to get it. Hey, guys, do you think it's possible that someone's trying to kill us? Nah, you're just paranoid, Mace. It's like, ah, uh, paranoid looking over... I miss those guys. Um, <laughs> It's agreed that if the... If, uh, Chancellor doesn't release his emergency powers as soon as the war is over. He must be removed from office, which means the Jedi would have to take over for a bit in order to ensure a peaceful transition. Okay. Great. Uh, Expand the universe break again. That was a thing. They did have Jedi Chancellors for a while. But that's the whole reason why they didn't allow Jedi to continue being. Because it's not what they're meant to do. So yeah, they're just like it's a mastermind. It's a mastermind ploy. Either either way. So remember this people, either way, either way, they have to take over. <laughs> for a little so bit. So that actually that actually gives what Palpatine was saying his lies about the Jedi gives it a little bit of truth. 
So he's not lying. All right. He's just spinning the story a little bit more in his direction. Yeah. So we're at that part. But yeah, people remember, they have to take over if the chancellor is removed from office for a little bit. So we then go to Anakin and Palpatine. Anakin admits he's feeling excluded from the council. I wonder why. Maybe you told him that the chancellor asked you to be his eyes, ears, and voice. Maybe it's just that. I don't know. <laughs> Says they're keeping things from him from the in the force. Like force knowledge that they're withholding from him. Palpatine feel like feeds the thought, says he can help. Uh, the Jedi are single minded and he says the says he can help. The Jedi minded the Jedi are Oh my gosh. <clears throat> says he can help. The Jedi are single minded and he, that he must learn all dimensions of the force through him alone and he can save Padme from dying. This sets mm. Anakin off. He summons his lightsaber and discovers that Palpatine is a Sith Lord Sidious. Hey, seems legit. Don't know where he got that idea though. Uh, Palpatine's like, Palpatine just c- continues to manipulate him, Anakin just says he'll turn him over to the Jedi. I love the idea of Palpatine's just been dropping very blatant hints throughout this entire movie, and only now does anyone realize, oh hey, he might be the bad guy. Yeah. Seriously, guys? Mm-hmm. He has what was it? Who who was I listening to who made that comment about the constantly looking at the camera and telling you I am the bad guy's smile is on his face throughout the entire Plaga story. So he's he has knowledge about yep. the Sith. Mm-hmm. And he's telling That he was the sp- point where you're just like, okay, this guy. Uh <laughs> How does he know that? Perceptive, is he? So then we got the what Alex was referring to earlier, the best visual back and forth, where it's like sunset. There's an amber tone to everything. Padme and Anakin are looking, basically looking at each other from afar, and Anakin's being all conflicted. And then this is where I should have wrote down. I wrote this down. I wrote this down much later than I should have. This was the best soundtrack in all of Star Wars. Period. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Better than the original trilogy. Better than anything any, than the prequels before it. This movie had the best soundtrack in the entire Star Wars trilogy, pending Episode Eight. Ooh, which I can't wait for. Thirty-three I, more I days. Thirty-three more days. Comes out. Thirty-three more days. As we're recording oh. this, thirty-three more days. <laughs> Just a few. Oh, Chris, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. I have that day off. I'm gonna go see it. I'm planning on taking that day and the next few days afterwards off. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, no interest in going to work after this movie comes oh, out. Heck no. <laughs> uh, Battlefront comes out on Friday, and I'm probably gonna be locked away in my room then. Yeah, I'll be playing that for a majority of the weekend. So. Go back to Utapa. No, wait. We're not even at that part yet. We're not. We're not at the visual back and forth. I'm sorry. 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 Let me. Let me catch up. Back in Utapa, chase continues. Even eventually, they crash on some small landing platform. Grievous is clearly stronger. Obi Wan tries to uh, box with him. That doesn't work. He tries to go Floyd Mayweather on him, but he. Nope. He ended up being Conor McGregor. 
Um, Obi-Wan opens his chest. Uh, Grievous responds with a backhand. That was awkward. <laughs> Kenobi dangling from the edge. Uh, he force pulls uh, Grievous's blaster. Shoots, him, shoots Grievous in the chest three times, then he dies. I guess it was four times. Um, he calls the blaster uncivilized. That's one of my favorite just throwaway lines in that entire movie. The blaster is uncivilized, says the man who has decapitated so many people at this point. <laughs> Dismemberment is a right by the Jedi, and we should not judge them for it. <sighs> it is their force-given right. Alright, so now we're at Anakin. Anakin goes to tell Mace that Palpatine is Sidious. Mace basically says, I knew it. That set me off. That may be mad. Because then if you think you know it, take steps in the direction that... If you think that's where it's going, take steps to prevent that. You know what I'm saying? Instead of you just going along with this, like a blind idiot. Idiot! Well, and if, if that is the case, and they did in fact know, then it, it just ties back to what we were saying earlier. Why aren't you guys... Like... Okay, I guess what I'm trying to get out of my mouth, but I'm a little frustrated at the scene. We're all tongue-twisted today, it's okay. He he blatantly... He's been, he's been having his mistrust on Anakin. Right. Okay. That's fine. In Expanded Universe, we understood why Mace was suspecting Palpatine. But I've not, I haven't seen anything in this new canon that would suggest that, yes, I'm going to instantly say, all right, yep, that's right, we're going to go kill him or, or arrest him, whichever comes first. You have no reasoning. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can understand saying, all right, well, we'll take a few guys just to be safe. And if it does turn out that Skywalker's right, then sure, we'll arrest him. But no, it's it's instant. Yep, that 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 guy's gone. Yeah. Consider him dead. So, yeah, Grievous is dead, by the way. I'm going to make it. It's going to make it abundantly clear. So May says, I knew it. That set me off. He takes three other Jedi to confront him, tells Anakin to wait at the temple until it all blows over. Then we got the visual back and forth between Anakin and Padme. This was awesome. From a technical standpoint, this was awesome. From a soundtrack standpoint, it was awesome. And for the first time in a long time, from an acting standpoint, it was awesome. This is Hayden Christensen's best acting, I think, in the whole movie. Period! Between this and one other scene. All right. So Anakin decides he's going to leave the temple and uh, go and uh, prevent whatever the heck is happening. <clears throat> so uh, Mason company arrive at Palpatine's office, tells him he's under arrest. Um, he just so, okay. First off, completely like, complete breakdown. I'm going to break this down for you. Break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I've argued with my dad with this, on this. Mm-hmm. I've, had, I've argued with my dad on this. Mace goes in here. All the Jedi are just like in the name. Then he says, "In the name of the Galactic Senate, he ignites his light. He like in like he ignites his lightsaber. He's like, you're under arrest. He just barges in and says, you're under arrest. 
Doesn't say the charges or anything. Just goes and he's going up the word of in his eyes a madman who cannot be trusted. But if that's even if that's that's your case, that's 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 the issue I was talking about. They go in there without even a plan. They doesn't even contact Yoda and say, "Hey, yo, we we found out something that you might need to know." Hi, you are the grandmaster. What should we do? He just goes in like Samuel Jackson and says, "Nope, this is my show. We are arresting you. No questions. Just right." Doesn't even try to go in there diplomatically. <clears throat> and and that's I guess that's the issue I have with with uh, Mace Windu as a character. He's very impulsive, almost as impulsive as Anakin. Mm. But because it's Samuel Jackson, he has that air of also being cool about it. Right. So he's, he's too much like Anakin. He's too dangerous. All right. So we then got I am the Senate. <laughs> um. So then they start fighting. CJ CGI Palpatine dispatches Mace's backup so easily. So it's just between him and. This is between Mace and um, and Palpatine. Looking back, which is a really fun lightsaber battle, even though it's really quick. And it's CGI. Me and and it's German. CGI. Um, because it's it's supposed to be a stunt double, isn't it? No. Didn't even look like a stunt double. Well, because there's the stunt double, and then they digitally altered his face. So it looks. It like was bad. Better. It was very noticeable. Yeah. And hey, let me see. Um, they danced for a bit. I did like the way that uh, Palpatine hissed and all that, <laughs> and gritted his teeth. I like that. He's very snake-like. Yes, <laughs> and he's enjoying the fight. There's a scene where he lunges. And he's got this big old goofy grin on his face. Mm-hmm. Like he's been waiting to do this for years. He's just have a like. He's finally getting to exert bloodlust. Yeah. Go so, full, fully-fledged Sith Lord. So, and, so yeah, like I noted, only the old people flip because um, you saw Dooku flip in the beginning, which mm. was so long ago. Can we go back to that? Um, <laughs> and so Palpatine had to do a flip. He actually did two. Why? Just that weird spiral blade thing in the very Why is it the old the people flip? Because they're cool. Like you don't they're see so that they're more powerful. <clears throat> you don't see the you don't see the younger guys flipping as much. Um, I wonder if it's their lightsaber combat style because that's the only way I can explain people flipping. Hmm. Like like Yoda's lightsaber form fighting is meant to be more acrobatic. Mm-hmm. Whereas Anakin's is more strictly offense defense switch it back and forth. Yeah, so eventually they bust the window. Uh, Palpatine goes down. Anakin enters the room. Palpatine summons lightning. Uh, He makes to flex it back. He's uh, frying Palpatine to a crisp. Um, Palpatine and begging uh, Anakin to help. (laughs) Mace is is about. This is where we need to pause. Like, right here. We need to pause for a second. Mm. Mace is about to kill him. 
Anakin says, no, we have to arrest him. It's not the Jedi way to kill an unarmed combatant. <laughs> this is a perfectly valid argument. This is a reasonable point. Yeah, it, it's, it's he's more Jedi right now than Mace is. Mace just wants to kill a Sith Lord. At this point, you could believe that Anakin has regrets. Like, they went mm-hmm. with the wrong choice of dialogue here. Because he says we have to bring him in. It's not the Jedi way. He has regrets over. You're showing. The, you're telling the audience he has regrets over what he did to Dooku, how he killed an unarmed man yeah. because he was literally unarmed, <laughs> unarmed on his knees, begging for. He had no arms, <laughs> and he still decapitated him. So. And that's that's from Sith peer pressure, though. That's that's that that's different. And like you said, yeah, he has regrets for what he's done. Okay, but still, yes. So he's making this valid argument. Mace argues, well, he has control over the Senate and the courts. He's too dangerous he's to be kept dangerous. alive. That shouldn't matter. Batman knows power. the system's broken, but he still puts him in jail, and they still get out, and he just puts him back in jail. At least everybody knows he's bad. <laughs> At least everybody knows their villains are bad. But that's the other thing. He's a charismatic guy. That is that is part of Palpatine's allure as a character. He's charming. He's manipulating. Yeah, the Senate is definitely corrupt. And even if, like they said, he's too dangerous to be kept alive... You still need to, if you murder him in cold blood, like you're about to do, what's going to happen when you have to tell the Senate? Oh, yeah, he was a Sith Lord. Well, can you prove it? Uh, No, you're just going to take our word for it. Senate's not going to buy that. You have really screwed up. Like, okay, no. Here's where, here's where it infuriates me. Why didn't Mace stop... Mace, the guy who's not turning to the dark side. Why didn't he stop and think rationally here? Okay, you got an unarmed guy. You got three dead bodies in the back there. You've... Okay. You... How is this... Okay, if you kill this guy... And then Anakin... If you kill this guy... And then Anakin... Okay, say Anakin doesn't turn... Doesn't... Like, doesn't, like, stop Mace from killing him. Yeah. Like, he just lets it happen. Well, how is this going to look? You barged into the Chancellor's office to arrest, you know, you barged in there to arrest him, and then you mm-hmm. kill him. Yeah. How is it that going to look? Too good. And yeah, then... It, it does look like that you are trying to seize power for yourself. Yes. And so, even if you turn around and say, well, they could have elected someone quickly... You know, put up a candidate. Bail Organa is your best bet. However, he's also very friendly with the Jedi. That also does not look good. Now, if you arrest him, then either way, you have to assume control because there's no Chancellor. Now everybody's going to look at you badly. Now, if you keep him alive, if you keep him alive and you arrest him, everybody's going to... Then you make the case, okay... He was he was the Sith Lord. He was the Sith Lord we were looking for the whole time. Yeah, you can make that case. You can make that case. 
Okay? It's more believable. Alright? So, mm-hmm. if you stop to think about it, because either way, you have to take control. For a little bit. Either way, it's going to look suspicious, but it's going to look less, less suspicious when he's alive. Yeah. I guess the issue I take with that is it just it just goes to show that these Jedi do not think before they act. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy and this can all be explained away somehow. I don't know. But that's how it came across to me. So, so Mace winds up for the swing. Of course, Anakin cuts his arm off. Uh, Palpatine shocks the ever-living, the ever-living piss out of this guy. <laughs> I unlimited power! Chucks him out the window. And, and uh, so Mace Windu, face, dead. Like he just had the best sex in of his life. Just got this... Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, Travis, why? <laughs> Oh, oh God. Uh. Okay. So, Mace Windu is uh, flying with Superman all the way to the bottom. Uh, Anakin cannot believe what he just did. He's like, what have I done? He's just aghast. Uh, Really screwed up. So now, Anakin, who is now Darth Vader... Actually, he can't believe what he just did. He he submits to Sidious' teachings in exchange for Padme's uh, immortality, I guess. Or safety. Well, I mean, he then turns around and goes, well, we don't really know how to do that. But we could give it a go. We could try and find out what Plagueis was doing. (laughs) It's like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Sorry, I just killed Mace Windu. Because I thought you could help me. Right. And you're now telling me that you can't. <laughs> you're no good to be alive. So now Anakin, the now fully fledged Darth Vader, must, not fully fledged, he has he doesn't have the suit yet. He's, um, he's babyface Darth well, Vader. Babyface Vader or original recipe Vader. Because he's extra crispy when he gets the suit. Yeah. Um, my friend Levi would be very proud of that. Um, I'm very proud of it too. Anakin, now Darth Vader, must wipe out the Jedi in the temple and the Separatists on Mustafar. God, that was a long paragraph. (laughs) I need I need to learn how to take notes better. We go back to Utapa. Battle rages on. Cody gives back Obi Wan's lightsaber right before Order sixty six is issued. Cody gets a hologram from the Chancellor, says, execute Order 66. They take a large gun. They point it at Kenobi. He gets blasted off this, this side of the of, uh, of the wall of the giant hole that they're in. You know, I do really like this scene because of the fact that there's no remorse from the clones. No. They're they're, they are pro- orders. They are, exactly. They are programmed like the droids. Yep. That is also a problem. Now that, just, that, that just makes it more expendable. Granted, now in new canon, you get a few of them who are like, "Oh no, we 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 didn't want to kill our Jedi." There were there were a few uh, broken chips. Yeah, like it, that, I can get behind. Be like, "Oh yeah, that was actually you know, pretty eggs. cool that they weren't all brainless soldiers." 
So we then got the scene, all the Jedi being mowed down across the galaxy. Um, so uh, yeah, this was a, this was actually kind of awesome. Yeah. Like even out of even for me out of context when I think about it outside of the Clone Wars we got so many stories out of all these Jedi, mm-hmm. and then all, and then like just to see them all get mowed down, especially Plo Koon because we all because at this point we're all we all like Ahsoka, yeah, and like this seems really really hard to watch if you're a fan of Plo Koon, like, yeah. So Plo Koon dies, he gets shot down in a kid of Nemoidia, I believe that's where that place was. Is that where that is? Yeah, because it was in um, Force Unleashed. That's what okay. they called it in Force Unleashed. Two. Okay. That yeah, that the, the bad one. Now. That's exactly where Anakin and Obi Wan were supposed to have left, right before Palpatine gets uh, picked up by the bad guys. I guess. So mm. that would make sense that they'd send another person to finish the mission there. Yeah. So Yoda fall. So yeah, Yoda, in the whole time, Yoda is just like distraught. Like mm-hmm. he's falling to his knees in anguish. He cannot believe. He knows. I bet he knows exactly what's happening right now. Everybody's getting wiped out. It's happening. The ver- and I know Alex likes this. He's gonna like. He's gonna like listening back to this. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you right now. Like in in the, the in like the the lost episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the very last, like, three or four were, like, awesome. Because it was just Yoda figuring yeah. out more about the Force and such, and then he finally figures it out. Like, he's having this premonition. Like, he has a dream about Order 66. Or, no, not, not Order that's, 66 that's in general, but, sees... like, Palpatine and Vader taking over. Yeah. So... He sees, uh, Shakti get killed, yeah? I think so. He sees all the Jedi dead. He sees all the Jedi are dead. In the vision. He sees mm-hmm. all the Jedi are dead. Even Ahsoka. From the uh, Order 66. And he says... And at the very end of the last episode of the Clone Wars, in the last episodes of Season 6, he talks about how something's coming. I feel like we've already lost this war. Mm-hmm. This war is already lost. Our time is coming. Like, our end is coming. Like, the very end of the Jedi is coming. He admits this. Mm. And it's great because he knew it was coming, but he didn't see it coming <laughs> at the same time. Like, it's... Almost like he knows he has to let it happen. He knows it's coming. He didn't know when to expect it so soon. He didn't expect it so soon. And that's what made it awesome to me. That's what so made his reaction he, awesome. That makes me kind of curious then to find out when did he think this was supposed to happen? Not did for they years. Think they had more time, or yeah, he the bet he thought he had more time, but now all his friends are dead. Yeah. If you think about it, all his friends are dead, and he is just that's, distraught. That's the only reason he knows that he's about to get killed is because he feels everybody else died. Yeah. What would have happened if he had no, you know, if he, he didn't have a connection with every other Jedi? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's lucky. Mm-hmm. Hashtag blushed. 
So, so yeah, the clone, so the two clones behind him try to kill him. He decapitates them both because they're Jedi. <laughs> Jedi, well, oh, the de- why was an episode two PG thirteen with all the decapitation in that movie? Like, what? I, or like I all all the dismemberment and decapitation that... in that movie? I can't believe it. It's got to be because of the fact that at the time we weren't as strict on. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh... Chewbacca and Tarkin carry him away. They help him escape. Back to the Jedi. T- oh yeah, wait, hang on. So we also got Anakin marches on the Jedi Temple, and uh, so everybody's dying. Uh, Anakin then closes the door behind him and uh, in the uh, council chambers and kills all of the younglings. <laughs> this was the moment. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? That young boy, Snoke. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Yes, little, little tiny Snoke. And uh, no, so, yeah. I, I, this scene in particular is, like we were saying earlier, This is this is where it gets super dark. But <laughs> at, at the same time, I'm getting robot chicken flashbacks of seeing him murder Dandelions. Oh, right. And that's where he has to go, his happy place, in order to kill these Padawans. It's to the fields of Naboo where he picks Dandelions. Wow. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> until just now. I just remembered that. Oh my god, it's the funniest and darkest part of that entire special. So he kills oh. all the younglings. We didn't we didn't we don't see this. They cut away to uh Padme seeing the burning temple and she cries. Bill Gana goes to investigate. Um he's rejected by the clones, tell him you need to get out of here. Points a gun at him. So he starts <laughs> to leave. Safe, man. George Lucas's kin. Then jumps in, starts swinging his lightsaber around, kills a few clones. Uh, he's quickly eliminated then. Bale escapes. Obi-Wan lives, falling down the giant hole that uh, Shia LaBeouf uh, dug. Um, <laughs> if you get that reference. Um, oh. He esca- He climbs up, he sneaks around all the clones, and then he uh, escapes via Grievous' ship where his body is. Yoda escapes... Kashyyyk and an egg um <laughs> and a space egg um Bale leaves Coruscant on the chain of E4 hallelujah um where they all reconvene back on Coruscant Anakin and Padme reunite Anakin says the Jedi were trying to overthrow the Republic Padme can't believe it believes him <laughs> I don't re- believe it no it happened I believe you he reassures everything's okay. He's leaving for Mustafar. They kiss for the final time. 3PO feels helpless. I feel so helpless. Alright. This is where... This is where I had trouble with my nose because they started cutting back and forth from everything. Mm. So, on the channel V4, Bale, Yoda, and Kenobi decide they have to go back to the temple to... Because to, to, they discover that maybe... That the uh, there was a message for, to, from the Jedi Temple saying everybody's got to come back because the war is over. So then, oh crap, they're going to lead into a trap, so we got to deal with this. Um, 
We can't let it be a trap. Yeah. So we go back to Mustafar. Sidious says Vader will come. Will uh, take care of the separatists. I do love how he takes care of the separatists, though. Yes. So then just walks in and starts Vader, slaying people. So Vader arrives. Uh, R two must stay with the ship, of course. Vader starts just starts mowing people down. I and love the while, fact though they've got a blue lightsabers, so they're just gonna see that it's a Jedi gone rogue. Yep. So they're wiping out all the. Uh... So I'm just gonna describe because they cut in between three things. The first thing is is a uh, Vader. I'm gonna say mowing down all the separatist leaders. Uh, he finally, he finally uh, is uh, with uh, Gun New Gunray. New Gunray's like, the war is over. City has promised us peace. And then he just cuts him down. Like, yeah. Whatever. Let's him talk for a minute. Let's <laughs> him beg for his life. Then kills him. While that's happening, um, Kenobi and Yoda are killing clones left and right at the temple. They're figuring out the mystery. And while uh, and, and the Senate building, Palpatine's just emptying everybody on his condition. Um, I'm just gonna write down my notes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read my notes verbatim. <laughs> Palpatine updating everyone. Kenobi and Yoda walking over dead bodies, wondering who did it. Vader still killing. Palpatine stronger, more death. Palpatine declares the beginning of the Galactic Empire. Pal- Padme doesn't like it. Vader done killing. That's how I write down, like, transitional a transitional scene like that. So yeah, Palpatine declares the beginning of the Galactic Empire for a safe and secure society. This was epic. I'm, the delivery here was epic. He wasn't wrong. I mean, nope. it was a safer galaxy. No, it was a wrong galaxy. No, no, no. It was. It was totally, totally safe. Totally safe. Uh, there was no there weird. was no labor camps. There were no there was no there slavery. Was There's no starvation. There's no dying. There's no death. There's nothing. It's perfectly fine. It's fine. No Everybody taxation just... or anything. No, it's poor. It's just totally fine. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. Everything's fine. It's nothing to see here. This did feel grand and epic. This is usual. This did feel grand and epic. Because this was the birth of the Galactic Empire. Yep. And he deli- and Ian McDermott delivered it perfectly, I think. He's he's just like I said, he's a lot of fun in this movie. And while this was happening, Padme says, This is how Liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Was this not your first clue? <laughs> that Anakin might be a little messed up in the brain. Insane in the membrane, if you will. I mean, technically she's been calling it for a while. Like she, not Anakin. Well, not Anakin, but Palpatine. Like they they were talking in deleted scenes about basically starting Anakin. the uh, the rebellion, but as a political movement, not as a violent. Anakin defends Palpatine the whole movie, and Padme just goes with it. That's my problem with it. That's my problem with it. <laughs> Even though she doesn't like it, she just goes with it. So, as I was saying. Uh, so, yeah, Vader's done massacring people. Kenobi and Yoda were walking over the dead bodies who was do- who, over who did it. Um, I feel like 
There should have been like no soundtrack throughout the scene. Mm-hmm. Just quiet. The Jedi Temple is silent. Mm-hmm. That would have been an epic moment. The, the Jedi Temple, once full of peaceful and uh, decapitating and dismembering, dismembering uh, warriors, all their talk and their knowledge, and exchanging knowledge and all that other stuff, gone. Dead. Yeah. Silent. That would have been awesome, I think. <laughs> I just like the idea that... That... You have this... Fallen... Order. I'm trying to find better words for this, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. the Fallen Order... Two of its strongest... Wisest... Members... Are reduced to executing clone troopers to get back into their home. Mm-hmm. Not 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 knowing if anything's going to be safe for them. Okay, so and, yeah, I've lost my train of thought, but <laughs> I just I love this scene. I, I know it, them I... in the ruined temple is it's beautiful. So Kenobi discovers it was a uh, he, he he tells Yoda I have to find out who did this. Kenobi discovers that it was Anakin who slaughtered the whole temple. He cannot believe this. Mm. I feel like the performance should have been stronger here. I would have had him weeping. I was like, "What? No, no, it can't be true. Can't be true. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it." Mm. Like, I would have had him just straight up weeping over this monumental moment. So Yoda says, we must destroy the Seth. Uh, Kenobi says, I can't kill Anakin. Yoda's basically like, what choice do we have? Um, like, Kenobi, he's, so yeah. He's beyond help. So he has to go, yeah. He has to go find uh, Anakin. So he goes to Padme, asks her questions. Uh, she's not cooperating. Uh, just <laughs> basically protecting him. So he basically just spills the beans on her. Anakin's evil. Padme... Um, Palpatine is the, uh, Sith Lord we were looking for. She can't believe a lick of it. Even though she just witnessed Liberty die. Yeah. Bit, quote unquote. Like, oh my God. So, <laughs> she just witnessed Palpatine basically just change the Galactic Republic into the Empire. And she doesn't believe that Palpatine is what we were looking for. But, tell, yeah, he tells her uh, Anakin has gone bad. He's killed younglings. He's killed, like, he's done it again on a grander scale. Um, Kenobi's, like, begging her at this point. But she still refuses because she knows he has to kill him. Yeah. So, basically, so, Pad- so Obi-Wan, before he leaves, he's just like, Anakin's the father, isn't he? She's silent. And then he says, I'm so sorry. Then leaves. But he doesn't leave because Padme decides to go to see Anakin on Mustafar and Obi-Wan is smart enough to stow away on his on her ship <laughs> while she goes. Great. I like the little scene with him like just stealthily trying to hop on board. Like he's been hiding underneath the boarding ramp. Mm-hmm. And just kind of rolls right up on top. Right. It's kind of silly looking, but at the same time, it's very much. 
hit, you know, very much something that Obi-Wan would do. Right. So, let's see. Um, so, Anakin standing on a lava planet in the wake of the dead. Fitting. Contacts Palpatine, says it's done. Notices Padme's arrival. They hug. Padme spills what Kenobi spilled to her. This is where the di- this is where dialogue that Alex was talking about. Um, Anakin says, "Love won't save her. Is very determined to keep her alive. She realizes sl- she slowly realizes that he's crazy. Wants him to escape with her. He starts spouting off about how powerful he is and how he could overthrow the Emperor so they could rule the galaxy themselves. She's appalled at this. Yeah. He's he so like he starts threatening her. It's like." The Jedi turned against me. Don't you turn against me. She's bawling. Um, so then now, so she's pleading with Anakin. With Anakin, please come back. I love you. And all the while, Anakin notices that everyone's standing on the ramp. He thinks she betra- she thinks she betrayed him, calls her a liar, and then uh, starts choking her. With the Force, of course. So, uh, and so Obi Wan's just like, let her let like aggressively like let her go. You're crazy. Um. So Anakin and Obi Wan they verbally go back and forth talking about um, allegiances. We didn't get this in the original trilogy. Why are they talking? Just fight. <laughs> Anakin should have been about to like snap Padme's neck. And then that's how they start the fight. Like Obi Wan jumps in, and then they just start fighting. That's how this starts. I mean, I guess the idea, that but they, they have to set it to up. Is well, maybe he's trying to talk him off a ledge, kind of situation where it's Anakin, please, whatever you do, don't do this. This is this is not how we do things. I could buy that. That's not what he was saying. That's not at no, all. No, that's not. It's it's. it's... The complete opposite. So... My new empire? Don't make me kill you. <laughs> God! You've turned what happened to that guy? What happened to George Lucas? Um, Was well, it all the cocaine, or... George Lucas doing cocaine? No! No. In his era, never. Never. No, no, directors didn't do that, Chris. They were they were responsible. So yeah. And so yeah, they go back and forth. God this exchange. I didn't like it. So uh Obi Wan says only a, only a Sith deals in absolutes. He draws his lightsaber. Anki draws his. He flips, of course, all the way to No, hold on, hold on. Okay. Only a Sith deals in absolutes? What is it you're dealing in right now? I will absolutely kill you. Um. So yeah, now they start. Now they finally start fighting after Anakin does a very big backflip right over Padme's prone body. So back to Coruscant. Um. Another office that Palpatine has. He um. He so Yoda walks in, wipes out. The two guards standing at the door. Um, he gets zapped for it. Anakin, Obi-Wan, this this movie cuts back and forth. 
Then they then they draw lightsabers and they start flipping. This is where I said, okay, I give up on taking notes on this. The movie goes back and forth between the two fights for a bit. I noted it was too fancy, too fancy, not not visceral enough. Mm. I feel like it should have been more aggressive, less should have it should have been sloppy. It should have been like <laughs> a blood feud. Whereas they're just like actually trying to like kill each other and they're just like flipping around and crap and doing just these stupid stunts. Well, I kind of get where they, they're trying to keep it look like the rest of the films that they've done where it's super fancy choreography. But they shouldn't even gone but, with that in the first place. And the only reason I can, I, I will defend this is I do believe that Jedi are, and Sith are skilled enough to be able to block each other's moves, which would explain that choreography. Choreography? Is that how you say it? Choreography, yeah, yes. Choreography. That's better. We at least got Duel of the Fates and Battle of the Heroes, so yeah, we at least got that. Soundtrack is amazing. Wow. <laughs> so then Palpatine, finally got to Palpatine, throwing chairs around in the Senate. <clears throat> uh, then uh, Yoda finally throws one back, and then now they're standing face to face, and then Palpatine just uses his lightning. He's done with the whole lightsaber shenanigans. So now they're, so now they're exchanging lightning... I wrote down Palpatine has to has Palpatine has given up his stand up game. Um I'm trying to joke about a UFC fight. Um <laughs> I don't even like UFC. Um So they are so they're exchanging lightning. Yoda loses. He falls off the falls off the giant center chair several feet high. Um So yeah, Yoda lost against uh, Palpatine. And now he flees with a Bail Organa, and he says he fails. Palpatine then has to leave for Mustafar. Oh, boy. <laughs> so then we got uh, the rest of this uh, Mustafar fight. Uh, some parts were visually cool. Then the stunts just got really ridiculous. Oh, like them swinging on vines? Yeah, them swinging on ropes and... and then the whole thing. So, I'm going to ripe. Ripe. <laughs> I've lost my mind. I, 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 we're, this has gone two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just going to read my notes verbatim. Uh, hang on, let me see. They are fighting on a pipe. This is an overthought wrestling match. Pro wrestling match. Um, now on a floating bridge on a river of lava. How are they not burning alive? Lava fall imminent. The uh, lava fall. Instead of a waterfall, it's a lava fall. Um, they tease Anakin falling with the bridge over the waterfall, but he... Uh, indeed, he survives because of a giant, massive front flip. <laughs> they talk more. Obi-Wan says how much he failed him. Anakin's still crazy. Disillusioned. Um. Then uh, they touch Saber. Go ahead. I have failed you, Anakin. I don't understand. I guess I understand what he's trying to get at. There is the whole. Um, I should train you better. This, this is. I blame myself for return. But at the same time, it. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I part of me is kind of just. 
still miffed about how Obi-Wan treats Anakin in episode two. Like the, like he's the bad child and they're mm-hmm. not brothers. Whereas this one, they, they clearly are brothers. Yeah. The way they talk, I can understand them being best friends, but that scene alone, part of me goes, I love it. I love, I love how he's basically sobbing without no. crying. He's, he's broken. He's heartbroken. But at the same time, it the guy's burning. We're about to start burning. Yeah, just yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. It, uh, we're getting there. Hand uh, hold it. It's 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 messy. They talk more than touch sabers more. We then got it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. First high off, ground. it shouldn't mean anything. Actually, that's only thought, off. That shouldn't mean anything. I honestly it's thought what he meant before. by that is that he's just legitimately higher off the ground. That that he's been in the situation before with Maul. Yeah. But it shouldn't matter. Maul. He still beat Maul in that fight. Yeah. So even that argument now falls apart. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote down in all caps, devastating dismemberment. <laughs> Three limbs. Gone. Oh. We get one last exchange. Um, Obi-Wan's yelling, you were the chosen one. Um, you were meant to destroy the Sith, not join them. Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. Anakin yells, I hate you. Obi-Wan says, you're my brother Anakin, I love you. Then Obi-Wan watches him burn alive. Takes his lightsaber and then he leaves. <laughs> you won't be needing this. I'll just take it. So That's something That's something that kind of bugs me then is he just lets his friend burn. Which is fine, fine. I, I get that. Uh, the guy technically killed kids. Yeah. He's, he's no longer the guy you called your friend. But then to turn around 20 years later when you go to give his son... That lightsaber, you go. Oh, your father wanted you to have this. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's that would have been okay. You, you just took it. Mm-hmm. Even if you go, well, it's true from a certain point of view. No, it's not. This, this. No. No. <laughs> All I have to say about that. I'm not upset about that, honestly. He had to make sure that Luke didn't know about his dad, so he gave him a false idea. He gave his dad a false issue, identity. Though. No, no, no. It's not an issue. If it's not an issue. Warn the kid. What are you gonna do? Tell Luke that his father was killed children and choked out his mother, and then yes. freaking so yeah, I burned him alive and then I took his lightsaber and I want you to have it. That's what you're gonna tell him at that yes, moment so in time. Tell, you wanna dump all that information on him right now? Gonna just tell the kid the truth. He wasn't ready. Um. So yeah, they leave. Um, C-3PO's flying the ship, but he doesn't have any control sticks in his hand. That's funny. Um, <laughs> Palpatine retreat. Then Palpatine comes and retrieves Vader alive, burnt to a crisp, but alive. <laughs> Pass my microphone. I'm so mad. Did you just bang your head? No, I punched it. I'm okay. Ugh. How you're okay? He's a Jedi, fine, but 
Lord knows how long he was left at the side of that river, at the side of that lava river. So you're telling me he survived being burnt to a crisp? And I almost take it the exact the. I, I uh, it's possible he was using Sith meditation to keep himself alive, kind of like. How uh, do you know that? He doesn't know that yet. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that, that's your other argument. But it's it's that same thing that Maul did. I don't think Maul knew how to do that Sith meditation you either. Know, because he, he had to. Assassin. That's what I'm going to go with. Because he had to survive. Because episode four, five, and six. Um, so yeah, Yoda meditating on Polis Masa as Kenobi arrives. Oh, yeah, he retrieves... Um, he also grabs uh, Padme off of Mustafar, brings him to Polis Masa... Crispy Vader arrives on uh, Coruscant. Medic, okay. I know Alex had a pro- didn't have a problem with this, but I do. Medic droids explain that even mm-hmm. though she is physically fine and perfectly yeah. healthy, she is dying because she has lost the will to live. I just go back to that scene in Episode Two where they're talking about the droids in the temple. They they don't they don't know everything. This medical droid may have the ability to diagnose a human with like illnesses or how they're dying. In this situation, I don't think that they can detect the force. So if you subscribe to that theory that her death is because of Palpatine taking her life essence and installing it into Darth Vader. Then sure, I could easily see this as oh, I guess she's dying of a broken heart. Just I could buy that. Just explain she's under a lot of stress. She's unconscious. Just explain all of that, like what Alex well, was saying. They didn't do that. Yeah. I would have been perfectly fine. If she was under a lot of stress. She's about to go into child labor. She's un- she's mentally she's mentally like she's like she she could be like mentally like shot like yeah on the verge of vegetable or even simpler than that she just dies of complications yeah something like that, I mean, that that's anything would have been better than telling me she was physically she was physically fine but then she lost the will to live and she's dying before mm. she gives birth before she gives birth this is so monumentally stupid. And I'm sure he was probably trying to be poetic with it. Yes. But but it does set up that beautiful visual, though, like what Alice yeah. was talking yeah, about. Yeah, it does. It didn't, it, it didn't. And I almost forgive it just for that a lot. Yeah. So it starts cutting between Vader being relimbed and Padme giving birth. Uh, we find out that Luke came first. Good to know. But that that does bring up another complication. How? How? What? How does Leia even remember her mother then? Her mother dies moments after her. They could explain that Bale was like... That she thinks that her mom was Bale's wife. Like, but she doesn't in, know anything about Padme. But in canon, in current canon, 
Bria is still alive up until the death or the Death Star shows up at Alderaan. Well, you they 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 messed that up. They really they really butchered that, didn't they? I mean, I, either way you look at it, they've they've ruined. They they screwed something up. They they oh my god. So, God in heaven. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that crispy. Va- that I wrote down crispy Vader arrives on Coruscant. So crispy you beat Vader. me to the joke. Um, <laughs> starts cutting between Vader being relimbed and Padme giving birth. Luke came first. That said, that was good to know. So so gives birth to Leia. Finally says. Uh, her last words are that Anakin still has good in him, and then she dies. As she dies, Vader is born, full fledged, in the whole robotic armor and whatever. And is told about Padme. We then got no. The worst performance of James Earl Jones. No. <laughs> and I feel like he only shook the room. The he only shook the room. Wouldn't have been. Wouldn't it have been awesome if he like shook the entire planet? That would have been awesome. Caused a. Uh, Caused like a like devastating avalanche. Not like not like a devastating earthquake. Not, not like a too devastating of an earthquake, but like a noticeable earthquake, like a like a yeah. hu- like a like a tremor. It doesn't like okay, like it just causes an earthquake. Picture that, however you will. What is what is the magnitude scale again? Like what is a low? Like everything like under four, I guess. Okay, so like a everything under a four point yeah. It's a small. Earthquake. It's like fine. a it's like a small earthquake. Um. So they convene on the Tandy V four. They say we got we're we're gonna split the children. Bill to adopt Leia into the Alderanian um, royalty, and uh, Luke will be given to his aunt and uncle, the Larses, on a uh, Tatooine, and Obi Wan will watch over him. You gotta mention that Obi Wan can speak to Qui Gon now. Neat. Bill wants three three PO's mind wiped. All right. I don't know why, but. All right. But I love how R2 gets to keep all of his memories. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Bale was like, maybe he's already been wiped several hundred times. I could just, whatever. So. Because the protocol droid talks too much. I can understand that. Yeah. And unless he, he you speak the binary, you're not going to understand what R2 is saying. So, this is where I wrote down, I cannot believe I have gone this far without saying that this soundtrack is the best in Star Wars. Fight me. <laughs> I dare anybody to fight me that I any like other soundtrack people, but this is in the original trilogy, this new trilogy, and the prequel trilogy was anything better than Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith had the best soundtrack in, the, in all of Star Wars canon ever, period. Fight me. <laughs> I don't care it's, how it's bad this movie was. It was awesome. Used. It's used all the time in the... the uh, Audio books, yes. It's used in almost all the video games. It is a very beautiful score. Mm-hmm. So Padme is being taken through uh, the streets of Naboo, um, presumably being presumably going to her cremation. Uh, it was very beautiful. It's all like you know. You, you remember Naboo for how colorful it was? All gray. Mm-hmm. It was completely gray, like a yeah, Zack Snyder movie. It's gray, like complete mourning. For their their loss of a. Standard. That's powerful. 
They mistakenly only showed the jovial side of Naboo in episode one, and that's all you remember of it. Now, it's completely gray. And dark. And depressed. And cloudy. That's powerful. (laughs) With a Jar Jar. Silent Jar Jar. Yep. This had to have been Spielberg. Had to have been. I accept no other argument. This George does not have the brains to make this up. That was so beautiful. I wanna give the guy credit. I can't. I really do. I can't. So But then again, all the stuff that's from like the original films that I could say, Oh yeah, look at this. Other people directed those movies. Yeah. The only other scene I can think of that would be anywhere close is seeing Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen's bodies mm-hmm. in the first one. That That's the only thing that comes close. Yeah. Darth Vader and Sidious. Then we got Darth Vader and Sidious overseeing the creation of the first Death Star. You have um, Galen Urso to thank for that, and we will get to that. Yes. Um, next week. Uh, Leia is accepted as an Organa. We then mm-hmm. got, actually, we then got our first look at Alderaan. Our one and only look at Alderaan. Only one! That's still... I have a hard time with that. Luke is given to Owen and Baru on Tatooine as everyone watches in the distance, and then they all look into the sunset. The end! Mm-hmm. C+. Plus. Yeah, it's... I would like to give it something better, but it, it's really all it, it deserves. It's yes. C+. Plus. Um, I have to agree with Alex. There's a massive tone shift in this movie. It is. It goes from fun and... to flat to dark. <laughs> and it. the only, like, for me, like, one of the best parts of this movie, other than the soundtrack, was is the first Ian 20 McDermott. Minutes. Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott, even in the dark and depressing scenes, makes it funny. His, you know, his version of Palpatine in this movie is just so lighthearted, despite the fact that he's <laughs> he's lighthearted. He's light. He's lightheartedly manipulative. Yeah, and that's what makes it great. And you just see it like he's, in his eyes that he's, like, especially the scene where he electrocutes Mace Windu. He's lighthearted he's and subtle, himself. unless he's un- until he turns into Sidious. Yeah. <laughs> then it's just everybody dies. And I, I can understand that. I can I can understand that. Yeah, you're taking joy in the fact that after all these years, the the Sith are finally they they finally had their revenge, as Maul put it in Episode One. But at the same time. You're taking a little too much joy out of the death of these people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he took the proper turn. You need to. You, he need to be. You need to be like cartoonishly great. I can accept <laughs> that. Like cartoonishly evil. Yeah. <clears throat> My little green friend. <laughs> that is awesome. Dripping with ooze. So. Oh. There we go, everybody. Revenge of the Sith. We have finally made it out of the prequels. 
Well, okay, unless you count Rogue One as a prequel. Okay, the prequel trilogy. Well, the prequel, the prequel era synonymous <laughs> that everybody knows. When you say prequel, you don't typically think of Rogue One. Or Han Solo. Or Han Solo. So, this comes out. movie... Actually, no, hang on a second. What, what am I saying? I need to formulate my thoughts. So, this just is the... It's the, okay. It's the best of the trilogy. It's the m- most memed of the trilogy. Mm. Um, because Palpatine just puts on a meme performance, a meme-worthy performance. <laughs> it's kind of funny. My I was talking to my sister about this a couple months back, and she says that her favorite of the prequel films. Isn't Revenge of the Sith. She hates it. She hates Revenge of the Sith. She likes Attack of the Clones better. And the reason why is because she claims that it's light-hearted. And that she prefers it to be light-hearted than super dark and depressing. And she must have I... hated Black- Batman v Superman. <laughs> she, she hasn't seen it yet. Good! <laughs> Good. But that's... I mean, she's kind of got a point there. It is more lighthearted. Yeah. But even that movie has some very dark moments. Anakin massacring an entire village of Tusken Raiders? That's pretty dark. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go, everybody. We're out of the prequel era. Now we're gonna next week, I believe we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes out. Oh God. Um, hey, I'm I'm hoping it's good. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not gonna put anything past these people. I'm not gonna put anything past Warner Brothers or DC or what they've done in the past. I'm not putting it past them. It's Joss Whedon taking over for. He took over the. Oh God. Zack I, I I am not. I am not. I'm not optimistic at all. Uh, I mean, I have a small, I have a small ray of hope, but I can't. So yeah. So next week we'll talk about justice league and then we will, uh, I guess we'll review rogue one. Uh, boy, do I have some things to say about that. Am I in the minority? And this one, I, I quite enjoyed Rogue One, but maybe I should watch it again before I 100% commit to that. Yeah. I've seen it, like, over almost, like, 11 times now. I all I'm going to say is... close to that. All I'm going to say is it could be better. So, yeah, I need to make the I need to make these podcasts shorter. I'm getting... I'm approaching three hours now. <laughs> I was, I was, I was say, at like we 90 minutes. Like the first two were like 90 minutes, and then it just skyrockets. <laughs> I think it's you, Travis. I think this is you. I, I get you just spit your thoughts out more. <laughs> I get distracted easily. Maybe we need Alex or, or Zach maybe, or Tyler. Maybe they can make it faster. By the way, okay, everybody, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you for listening, and um, we'll, we'll see you next week. Travis, say bye. <laughs>